0: Hey guys, Hyderberg here Cut Above Horror Review. Tonight we have returning guests, friends of the show, Steven and Leo from the Spoils of Horror podcast. So tune in as we review Barbarian from 2022 on episode 94 of a Cut Above Horror Review. Get your baby powder and adult diapers ready because we are going to cover this baby starting now.
1: Cut my life into pieces.
2: Good evening, and welcome to a cut above horror review, a podcast where we review all things horror. I'm your host Jacqueline, and tonight we'll be discussing Barbarian from 2022. But first, let's meet everyone else on the show. First up, I'm so happy to welcome back our good friends from Spoils of Horror, Stephen and Leo. What's up, guys? Hello. <laughs> oh, Skeletor's back! Oh, shit! <laughs> oh, God, John, we're back. <laughs> uh welcome back guys how y'all doing
3: oh it's so good to be here it smells so much better on your show than ours uh-
4: <laughs> he's got too many couch farts it's just uh you learn to live with it you probably yeah.
0: have a used by cocket stuck under your couch or something it's somewhere
1: Not under the there. couch
4: no
3: no no it's stuck granted but yeah <laughs> anyway well, it's how you good then it's good to be back. No, things have been great. We just had our uh, 75th episode over at Spoils of Horror, which was pretty exciting. And uh, yeah, no, it's just uh, good to be here for our, our fourth go-around.
2: Yeah, anyway. you guys are moving up into the, the list of like the most frequent flyers.
3: We're coming for you, Nicole, from <laughs> Light and Shadow uh, uh, Podcast. We're coming
2: for you. She's scared. She's, she's <laughs> listening right now. And she's scared.
0: She should be. She's actually on the show right now. She's right behind you, Stephen. Damn
2: it! Damn. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I I hope that maybe tonight will sort of um, redeem us all from this pattern that we seem to have fallen into, where you guys come on our show just for the absolute shittiest movies ever. Uh, <laughs> we've kind of altered the 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 level here. So. I've said it
3: before, and I say I'll say it again. Every time we have something like really bad on our plate, I say to Leo all the time, it would be so much fun to cover this on a cut above because they're so <laughs> smart and they have such a thoughtful show.
2: I, <laughs> I mean, I, if you want to think that, okay, I'll take it. I'm not <laughs> to, who am I to argue? You
3: I give think us too much very credit. very highly, very highly of you guys, which is That's why I would have loved enough. to have shared other witchcraft movies with you or fatal games or any of those. Feel free to steal them from us.
2: Well, we're not going anywhere, and you guys are always invited to come back anytime there's a horrible movie that you just want <laughs> right. to talk about with us. But uh, we feel the same way about you guys. We love you. We love your show. Um, you're some of our closest friends um, in this game. So, uh, yeah, happy to have you on and happy to have a different kind of movie to talk about tonight.
3: Absolutely. Thanks for having us back.
2: Yeah. And Next up, we got Hyderberg. What's going on, Hyderberg?
0: What's going on, everybody? Guys, uh, happy 75th episode anniversary, Thank whatever you. you call that. Um, I enjoyed the episode a lot. The Howling 2, Electric Boogaloo it was really good. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was really good. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Thank you. And it's nice to see you guys on again. Uh, the last one we covered was I don't I don't know if we could top that with this one, but we'll, we'll try.
2: Yeah, if I remember correctly, the last one that we all shared together was Poultrygeist, that timeless classic.
0: Yeah, from Steven Spielberg and Toby. Toby yeah, yeah so no, gets it was better
4: as it goes on. Yeah. Oh
2: yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's a classic. It just gains more uh you know more of a hold on our hearts every year <laughs> that goes by. And last up, we got John. What's going on, John?
5: What is happening? Jacqueline Heiderberg, what's going on? Steven and Leo, so so great to see you guys again. Excited to uh, have you guys back on. I too would like to give you the the your flowers for a fantastic 75th episode Halloween two or Halloween the Halloween <laughs> two, which was uh, rob yeah, zombies a-
2: halloween Two. Hey. there you go
5: well done jacqueline um yeah it was a really good episode and uh yeah it's near and dear to my heart because you know thank you for kid, beautiful stuff, that was fantastic nice. <laughs> appreciate you a lot of boobies in that movie <laughs> but good job guys
2: i thought you didn't It'd like that John.
5: <laughs> huh i
2: thought well, you didn't like that
5: <laughs> i you know what he's a changed man i, now, I right. am a changed man now and uh, okay all right getting back into it everybody so. loves boobies
2: I feel it's like the howling, new, t- by the
0: way, guys, Jacqueline hates that word. Uh, it's, it's boobs so is, what, gross. is the nomenclature we use.
2: Oh, it is? I, okay.
0: Or tatas. What, what word? Knees, boobies. Oh, you made me Oh, uh, you don't like that word? It's How about so um?
2: juvenile and gross? Juvenile. Yeah, you guys
3: said that in one of your episodes, and I've never forgot it, but it made me laugh very hard. <laughs> I, <laughs> bodacious tatas.
0: There tatas. That's go. cool. I'll take yeah. that.
2: But, but cheese. Uh, that's fine. Don't get um, cheese.
0: I think, John, that movie resonates with you because that's a movie that you would have watched at the proper age to be really into boobs, you know? Are you saying I'm old? No, but (laughs) I'm just saying, like, we are older, and that movie came out when we were at a a tender age, too. Yes, we were. Yeah, yeah, so. I love that Heidelberg just said a tender
2: age. (laughs) (laughs) See? Perfect timing, John.
5: Yes. Thank you. Good to be here.
0: Awesome.
1: Fantastic. Okay,
5: be here
0: all night. Uh,
1: (laughs) We will actually.
0: Speaking of anniversaries, real quick, I I don't know if I shouted them out on on our other show before, but I just wanted to give a shout out to Wax and the Porpoise. They just uh, they just went a whole year. They just had their year anniversary. So for um, Steve and um, G Baby, I just want to say congratulations to you guys.
2: They're such great guys, and they deserve to have a a successful show, which by all accounts they absolutely should. It's a great show. They're awesome guys. They're funny. They're smart. They come up with great material for the show. It's a great listen. Steve and just, just had really his
0: happy. dad on last episode.
2: Yeah, I haven't listened <laughs> I mean, to that one yet, but I heard it's about interesting. It, so. He's got some stories,
0: and it's like just part one of it because he was like a cop. He was an EMT, and then yeah. he was a Secret Service agent at one point, and they didn't even touch on that yet. Ooh.
2: That's wild.
0: So, yeah, everybody go
2: listen to uh, Waxing the Porpoise if you haven't. And, yeah, congratulations on one year, um, Steve and G-Baby. I can't believe it's been that long already. I feel like you just Mm -hmm. started.
0: G-Baby was on, I think, episode 37 of ours for It Follows. And,
2: like,
0: three weeks later, they started Waxing the Porpoise. That's one of my favorite episodes you guys have. That was a damn good one. Oh, thank you. Yeah, uh, Jim brought the heat. He brought a lot of notes for that one. It's one of his <laughs> favorite movies. So
2: he's like, an, he's like a legit expert on that movie. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, John, do you have any new news in the horror uh, world do, for us? I do,
5: actually. Some new news. Uh, the last voyage of the Demeter, uh, the trailer just hit. Uh, you guys watch it? Thoughts? Yes. yes.
2: Sure did. Thoughts? Steven, um,
3: yeah, so I was excited. Um that kind of movie uh that just takes place on a ship that has a you know sort of a historical bent um even without the horror i just generally enjoy those kinds of movies and Mm -hmm. it had been a long time since i saw something that looked that epic
0: yeah Mm -hmm. um
3: the idea of a vampire being on board is a really interesting idea you know like an old fart uh i wasn't crazy about all the cgi that i saw yeah. But the general premise and the general look of the film were very interesting to me. And I do like that sort of trapped on a ship genre.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I like the premise also. This uh, It's a tale we've heard before of Dracula being transported, right? But like mm-hmm. we've never heard what happened on the ship while this was happening, right? The right. ship turns up and everybody's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's cool to see like the, the tale of what's going on on the ship. I, I was not crazy about the Smashing Pumpkins. Um, I don't know. It's just an odd music choice, even though it was slowed down.
3: You guys talked about that in your children of the corn episode, about how they just take a song and they slow it down. Yeah. And now it's supposed to be scary. And that worked yeah. in us and it has not worked for me since. Yeah.
2: yeah, I think what I think what we were talking about that one was some trailer. I forget what the movie what, what movie the trailer was for, but I remember the song was, I swear to God, She'll be coming round the mountain. And I was like, Are you kidding me? That is the least scary song.
3: It was for the new children of the corn. That's oh, what was it was. Okay, well yes. that makes sense. Yeah,
2: oh yeah.
3: Ridiculous. Uh, so
5: dumb.
2: Uh, Leo, Despite what did you think of all the trailer? my
5: rage. I'm still just a. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The world is a vampire. There it is.
1: <laughs>
2: anyway, a fan Leo. Of these
5: smashing pumpkins.
2: <laughs> Sir Leo, uh, I, um... what do you think?
5: <laughs> I've.
4: Often gone on record saying I'm not too fond of excessive backstory for no good reason at all. I like, however, that they managed to pull one moment from the Dracula story and say there's actually another story here mm-hmm. that no one's ever talked about. Because in this case, it's true. It's not really unnecessary per se. I, I'm, I'm curious to see how they explore it. I'm just hoping it doesn't turn out to be like Jason takes Manhattan and we get a bunch <laughs> of people chasing each other around on a boat endlessly for no good reason when there's yeah. really nowhere to hide.
0: True. I do like, too, that he looks like the Nosferatu version. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. like that, too. Yep. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. not Bram Stoker's. He doesn't have the wig or you know the, the hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's not Dracula. He's the monstrous it, version.
5: And it's mm-hmm. also setting up for the two things that we. I think all of us – like the least about horror movies, possibly
0: a child dying and a, a dog. Just kill a puppy, and you can get them both at it once. That there you true. go. There you go. Uh, anyways, there you go, done.
5: Uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Anyway, well, the the movie, how I many people like right? sleep? Anybody here like sleepaway camp? Yeah, Ooh, maybe. they're actually showing Look, it.
2: We all actually
5: raised our hands. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I know. I We're like great that an audio this, this is An audio podcast. Yeah. So good at this. <laughs> We're so good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're actually screening Sleepaway Camp at the actual Camp Arawak in New York. Oh, I, 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 I think it's Argyle. You, you would know, Hyderberg. Argyle, you know where that's at? Mm, no. Argyle, New York? Sounds like someplace upstate. Okay. I saw Why the advertisement this for this. I'm so jealous that they're I They're showing it, it at up. the actual Camp Arawak in uh, Argyle, mm-hmm. New York this summer. Uh, it's going to be June 19th and 20th. For each show, they're only selling 30 tickets, so it's going to be like a premium oh. ticket, but... It includes, like, a a tour through where they filmed it. Uh, You actually get to camp there, uh, like, get to go kayaking and stuff like that. So it sounds like it's going to be a pretty dope thing to do. I mean, especially if you love that movie.
2: Yeah, that's just kind of a bummer that it's so few.
5: I know. I'd already spent money
4: to uh, only once every other year. So they open it up. I'm going to go do a tour of Crystal Lake where they film that. Oh, cool. So I don't get to do the uh, sleepaway camp. I didn't
0: find out about it until after. I've so. seen the Crystal Lake thing. Uh, so Argyle is about three hours and 45 minutes from me.
2: Okay. Oh, so that's pretty far up. Leo, I feel like that's the right. the like If you have to make that choice, <clears throat> I kind of feel like that's the better choice.
4: I, I don't feel like I'm missing out, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. Uh, I hope they do it again so I can take part. Yeah. Are, they, are they
3: showing any of the movies while you're there or is it just the tour?
4: It depends on what you pay for um, because of life and work restrictions. I think I'm just going in for the, the tour and then go home. But there is a much more expensive version that you can pay to actually camp overnight and so forth. And I might do that again next time, but we'll see what happens.
2: I mean, me paying somebody for me to like camp outside. I mean, no, thanks.
1: I mean that's the thing,
2: right? Like, well, that dude, is the
0: thing. So you I do I want to pay, pay that, for that for
1: know.
4: money
0: to go sleep in the dirt? Not really, but you know,
2: there's a reason I'm a horror nerd. I was like an indoor
0: child. So, Leo, you know, maybe I'll show awesome. up and split my candy bar with you. you yeah. my it, candy it, bar?
5: It, it would be fantastic if they had some of the actors out there. You know, like <laughs> Felissa Rose shows up. That would be like awesome. I know it's like a premium ticket, and they're only selling 30, but that'd be really cool yeah. to do a meet and greet with her. I wouldn't doubt. I mean, she I does mean, show up when she can to
0: those things.
4: Isn't this the first year they're doing it for Sleepaway Camp? Because they uh-huh. might, if it goes well this time, start
0: doing such yeah. things. She goes to a lot so, of cons. And she yeah. I actually saw her. I didn't meet her. But I went to a screening at that cinema art center that I go to uh, years back. And um, it was Sleepaway Camp in like 35 millimeter. And she was there doing meet and greets. I just didn't get up and go and meet her. She was in her red dress that she wears all the time. And she looked <laughs> yeah. spectacular. Like yeah. Her. And she was spending a lot of time meeting and talking with everybody. It wasn't just like a "Hey, come on, let's go, let's go." So she's mm-hmm. a great
5: follow on social media too, because yeah, yeah, sure. when she does go to these cons, you just see her with all her fans and taking these crazy pictures of the of the reveal face at the end of the movie. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and Minus I guess it could penis. be
2: an act. I sorry, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess it could be an act, but she seems to genuinely enjoy herself when she does, she does these does. fan it. outreach mm-hmm. things.
4: I've, I've heard her on met our podcast her and too. spent a little time with her at a con. She's pretty genuine.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's nice to know. Yeah. Leo, when is your Camp Crystal Lake excursion?
4: May 20th or 19th. One of the
1: two. Oh, very soon.
2: Cool.
0: Leo, Um, just do me a favor, man. Don't lose your virginity while you're there because I'm just afraid what you might. You know, I don't know. I don't want you to die. Or smoke long drugs. It's, it's all it's all part of the life in prison. It's long gone. Oh, <laughs> OK. <laughs>
5: <laughs> all right one more story uh a new insidious movie i just is coming spilled out. some this drink movie?
0: on myself sorry <laughs> <laughs> uh
5: i guess this is the fifth insidious movie it's called uh insidious the red door it's coming oh, out yeah. july 7th and the trailer's dropping on wednesday anybody excited about this and don't raise your hand
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: well I, I did a thumbs down can you guys hear that or no yeah <laughs> I'm not no, sure. I don't okay. think I actually yeah. do this is a, a series that needed to be a series, in my own opinion.
4: I'm not anything against them, per se. Just I don't think that we need this many of them.
5: No, I, I mean, the first one was good. uh second one was okay, and I, I haven't seen the other two. But mm-hmm. Patrick Wilson, uh, the star of it, is actually directing it, too. So yeah, I think he that. did cool. the fourth
2: one also, didn't he? Uh,
5: did he? I don't, I don't
2: know. He did, I think he might have directed the fourth one, but I don't know. The third one was a real disappointment to me. So I didn't bother with the fourth one. And I, as much as I love the first one and like the second one, I just am not interested in a fifth installment.
0: They're okay. The first one's, I like the first one enough. I, I've seen, I think the second and third, they didn't really do it for me. Um, I kind of like the conjuring better. I feel like mm-hmm. James Wan sort mm-hmm. of like cut his teeth on, on that one and then did the conjuring and did everything that he wanted to with that one a little bit better. Well, I disagree, treasure. but
2: you know you're welcome. You're yeah,
5: there. the
0: National Treasure. Lynn Shay, is going to be in it
5: again. So I mean, I do love well,
0: her. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I love her too. You actually do you prefer Insidious over the first Conjuring?
2: I do. I think it's okay. more original, but you. you know it's yeah, I'm not going to die it on the
0: Yeah, it does have an original story, storyline. You're right about that.
2: Well, we talked about this on our one-year episode, where my one of my hot takes was I think the Conjuring is overrated, but we don't need to get that again.
3: Agreed.
2: Thank you, Stephen. <laughs>
3: I'm not, I want the
2: night. Once again, we're cut from the same cloth here. You we, are, me? we are, we mm-hmm.
5: are. I love Look. the country. I thought that was great, better than Insidious. One of the think- few physical medias I actually bought.
3: I think the first one, what I do like about the first one is I like the characters. I think it's a good character study. I think everybody's very well acted. Um, and I walked out of that movie being like, okay, like this was fine. But then everybody got so excited about it that it kind of pushed it down for me. And then I saw The Conjuring 2, which people were like, that's really good too. And I think that movie's awful.
0: Really? <laughs> Not a fan. Yeah. I actually
2: like I, I I, I kind of like that
0: one. <laughs> I like it, but it's bloated too. It's setting up so many other franchises or tried to. Yeah, spin
5: off it spun off the Wannaverse, you know, all these yeah. other bullshit movies that came out. That I actually I, I feel terrible about the conjuring because I had an ex-girlfriend that I showed that movie to, not knowing she had night terrors, and that night she watched it.
2: Oh dear.
5: <laughs> oh man, it that that was uh, not a good night.
2: <laughs>
1: that
5: that, that you paid for night. that. <laughs> yeah. That just constant trope of like we
3: can't kill any of the characters, so all we're gonna do is have them have dreams. And they just yeah. have these scary dreams after scary dreams after scary dreams. It just, uh, it, this is just a point where it has nowhere to go. Right?
2: Mm-hmm. I, I got to up.
4: spend the night at the Conjuring House and literally nothing happened. So I don't even know what's <laughs> going on. Maybe it was having a vacation, but
2: <laughs> the ghosts were on uh, vacation. <laughs> the ghosts went down to Orlando.
4: <laughs> I was there all There's night. Not One damn thing to report. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, I mean,
2: it, it's kind of a nice house, right? At least. I mean,
4: It's a fine house. It's on a nice piece of land. It's uh, in a little remote area. The stars are nice when you go out there, but that, I mean, I could have just stayed home for all it did for me. I I don't regret the experience of being there. I just wish there was something I could report. You wish you got murdered
2: or something, right?
4: Well, not so much that, but (laughs) I'm always, (laughs) I'm always the guy that's skeptical about hauntings, but wants to see it happen. So I keep going and looking for it and trying to find it, and I just never ever experience anything. Mm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: That's because the Warrens did their job, Leo. <laughs> I have They're so good at their issue job. <laughs> with the Warrens, but that's a whole different story. There's that's...
2: some issue to be had with them.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. I, I know people personally who have had uh, uh, worked alongside of them and have stories to tell about them. So,
3: yeah, their uh, workshop is not too far from Boston. You know, it's, it's not like, uh, I I don't remember exactly where it is. It's within hours. Mm. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It's not far from your Pilates studio. (laughs) Yeah. It's not, it's not far from where I do my, my ribbon ribbon dancing. Yes. Your Olympic
2: training, right?
3: Yes. (laughs) Yes. Works out of there. You want to know that joke. Go listen to their anniversary episode. Yep.
5: Exactly. (laughs) All right, it's well, yours. I'll get you, he
3: man. Was what? it my? Was it ours or was it yours? I don't remember. was a anymore. little bit
1: of both. I think <laughs> it
3: was I think it
2: was yeah. your episode.
3: Uh, Seventy-five. Now I remember nothing. <laughs>
4: bad, All right. Man. Well, yeah. you that's guys ready
2: to you guys ready yeah. yeah. to talk a little barbarian tonight?
3: Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yes. Oh,
1: absolutely.
4: I'm anxious for Conan. This is going to be great.
1: <laughs> I can't wait to talk about Arnold. Oh, that's
4: the one we're not talking
0: about. Stephen and Leo, welcome to the show.
3: Yeah,
4: so for your
0: <laughs> listeners,
3: we've spent like the last two weeks just like texting them different barbarian movies. Being like, do you mean this movie? And it'd be like Time Barbarians <laughs> with like people in bikinis. And then it'd be like ba- ba- Barbarians of the Amazon. You mean this movie, right?
0: <laughs> Time sure Barbarian joke- seems like a good watch, actually.
3: I'm sure the joke never got old.
2: I was thoroughly enjoying it. I, in fact, I there's one that you missed called Waiting for the Barbarians from just a couple years ago. That was actually a really good movie. It was based on a really good book. Johnny Depp had a little part in it, but uh, yeah, it was pretty Sounds good. Sounds like a drama. It is. It is. It had nothing to do with like um, Arnold Schwarzenegger or anything. <laughs> anyway, Hyderberg, <laughs> this was your pick. Would you care to share with us why you chose it?
0: Ah, uh, well, part of me chose this because I just wanted to have Stephen Leo on for a movie that was relevant and like pretty decent. Uh, we've had him on for some schlock and uh, one of the best Jason movies ever. And oh, yeah. definitely, I don't know, although huh. we've had fun on those episodes, I felt like we owed you guys like, a you know, a decent newer film. And we had discussed Barbarian briefly that episode last um, the episode we we never speak of again. Um, Poltergeist. Poltergeist. Um, yeah, so we spoke about it on there, and I was like, "Well, why don't you guys come on for it?" So I penned it in like immediately after, and just uh, you know, we moved it around a little bit, and here we are, Barbarian. Also, it's it's a fun film. Uh, I saw it last year in the theater. It was a fun watching the theater, and I've since watched it twice more on streaming. And uh, I think there's a good conversation to be had about it.
5: I'm curious, Hyderberg, is this one of those movies that actually, um, what is similar to Smile, where it was going to get like a, a digital re- or a, a streaming release, but then Got really
0: good tests sure.
5: and test screenings, and then came out in the theater.
0: I'm not actually sure about that.
2: I I don't know about that for sure in my research on it, but it doesn't sound that way. It it sounds like it was always slated for a, a small theatrical release. Yeah. Um, but I, I didn't read specifically, but just based on what I did read, that it kind of sounds like it was. Yeah, from what I saw was always the plan,
0: the budget and the way they got their money and stuff. It seemed like it was planned for a release in theaters the entire time.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: all right well fellas i think it's time to decide whether this movie fucks or sucks hyderberg it was your pick so you decide first
0: all right so uh this film is a refreshing fuck it's one that feels new and enjoyable but switches it on you and nine months later comes asking for child support
1: <laughs>
2: but like a
0: fine baby mama you enjoy going back to it now and again
2: so many things <laughs> to unpack in there um uh, <laughs> leo what are your thoughts
4: i've actually been waiting for this because i've wondered since we've been doing your show, what would happen if I had to answer this question on a movie that I'm ambivalent towards. And we've reached that point now where I don't really love it. I don't really hate it. And I feel I'm going to have to say it's a generational incest fuck until such time as it becomes a gross baby bottle sucking.
3: (laughs)
2: Okay. I mean, that is highly accurate.
3: <laughs> I have to work with this guy.
0: <laughs> so it's an ancestral soccer mom is what you're saying. What? I don't know.
2: I don't know either. Sounds Steven... kind of
0: like a flaccid. Yeah.
2: Frigid. Well, uh, to me, it sounds frigid. It doesn't fuck or suck. It does nothing. Mm. It sounds frigid. It's like humping
4: a pillow. You don't get much out of it and you don't know why you did it when you're done. <laughs>
3: Stephen, would you like to follow that? <laughs> Said like a pro.
1: <laughs> oh my god! Um, <laughs>
3: so, uh, this movie is uh, this movie is is an interesting fuck. You you get into it, and then it's willing to take you places you didn't know you wanted to go. Willing to kind of touch you in different ways <laughs> and do some new things. And then you for some reason kind of have a kind of just an okay orgasm. So it's a it's a fuck, but it's just uh with just a just an
5: okay ending.
2: Mm, okay. Johnny, what yeah, about yo. you? Does it do it for you or not?
5: <clears throat> um, I'm gonna put it in terms of I'm gonna say it's a fuck, but it's got that you know, um monstrous mommy fetish fuck, where it's just gonna be very, very strange, but you end up very satisfied so i disagree steven that i think it's going to be like a pretty big orgasm after this one
0: a milky one
5: a, a milky <laughs> paint the walls kind you know how about you jacqueline
2: <laughs> i mean i think this movie fucks hard this yeah. this movie has me walking weird afterwards it's it it, it fucks pretty hard it's yeah. just a fuck for me so yeah yeah all right. Well, John, you want to hit us with that spoiler warning so that we can Sure. We'll be get talking about happens.
5: Barbarian from 2022 in its entirety. If you have not seen this movie, pause the podcast, go watch it, then come back to find out what we thought about it.
2: All right. Hyderberg, do you have a reach-around plot summary for Barbarian?
0: I do. I have a reach-around for the Barbarian. A barbaric <laughs> one? I can get my, my arms I'm around sure it. I'm sure the
2: Barbarian will appreciate it.
0: <laughs> uh, you need to do it now. Damn it! Ah! Uh... Reach around, grab it. <laughs> you guys ready?
2: Oh my god! Somebody save that. <laughs> <laughs> sorry.
0: Put your finger in my butt,
5: okay? <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: Whenever
3: you're ready, Hydroberg.
0: <laughs> All right, you guys ready? <laughs> Reservations for a B and B left in the air. A double booking for both patrons. It just isn't fair. Come in out of the rain. We'll figure out this unfortunate affair. Two minds alike through circumstance have more to share. A nightmare realm underground both lodgers unaware of. A creature lurks that simply wants a baby to take care of. Born out of blood and incest, all things you should be scared of. The gentleman's skull now where his brain was. Cut to black, an ocean view a man we're unaware of. A silly man whose life is falling into ruin. A casualty of his own hubris and a slighted woman. A victim in his own eyes, but to the world he's a villain. A dwelling that he owns but never has lived in is the scene of the crime of a serial killer's children. Evil that's bred by a terrible man. Being breastfed as an adult, not part of the plan. A monstrous mother grabbing all that she can and making a baby out of a fully grown man. So try not to fight or to struggle or this fierce, grotesque woman will give you some trouble. Like a balloon, she has popped this man-baby's bubble. So even though it's not natural or even cesarean, you will drink from the baba and call her your mama in a tale called Barbarian. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh well done. my well god
0: done. i love that, that was genius. so i'm really glad to hear that some of you guys don't like this film as much because i'm conflicted on it as well when i first saw it in the theaters i didn't love it that much people started raving about it and i just didn't see exactly what they saw i saw some of the things that they saw but th- i was definitely conflicted through multiple watchings now I've come to enjoy it more and dissecting it a little bit for our review. I found some more things that I thought were good to talk about, but I am conflicted on it too. There, It's got such a strong opening. I love the way the camera rises from below and we get the street with the grass and then Tess pulls up. We get the view of the house and there's like, I like the music, the way it kicks in where you hear like, it sounds like or, like an orchestra or some kind of like instrument. And then it sort of turns into moaning and crying and of like the victims in the house. And then when it, it reaches the window of her car, it just dies out. Like she's so unaware of what's going on. And we get mm-hmm. you know introduced to her right away. And I just kind of like the way it starts.
3: Yeah, there's some great sound in this movie. Yeah. Uh, so there's some excellent moments where it uses like little like moans or little screams in the background at these well-placed moments. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that is one like through line that I really enjoyed. this is some great, great sound design in this movie.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I, I think those subtle screams were just, it really made the movie and made you really pay attention to it. Um, <clears throat> I mean, even the gunshots and stuff like that, it's just, um, I actually really like the score of this movie.
0: Yeah, so did I. It was very ominous, you know. I like that droning sound that yeah. it kicks yes. to sometimes, like when it shows uh, Richard Brake's character doing his thing.
5: Th- that was the dopest shot in the entire movie, the way it was behind him. Yeah. That camera shot was great because they, they held it, you know, like him walking through the, the grocery store and him getting into his car and stuff like that. I that And I thought this this movie was cast perfectly.
0: There is a lot mm-hmm. of good camera work too. Like when Tess enters the house, they give you the side view and she goes into the house. And as she goes into the house, she disappears and we see the lettering barbarian. We see that's where we hear those screams again, like in the background, very faint as if like mimicking all the people that have all the, you know, ancestral daughters and whatever's gone downstairs and victims over the years. If yeah. There's a couple points
3: up. where like the camera crosses a threshold.
1: Yeah.
0: So
3: it's like, you know, Tess or somebody will be standing at a doorway and the camera really holds on her and then it passes through Mm -hmm. as she's trying to figure out whether or not she should pass through. It's uh, technically, it's a very neat movie. Mm
0: -hmm. And I really do love, especially the first 25 minutes of this film is some of my favorite parts of it. I love Tess's, this struggle that, you know, like she gets out of the car, she scans the neighborhood. It's so dark that in in her eyes, when she looks at the neighborhood, it looks like a normal neighborhood without Mm streetlights. The houses look normal compared to the contrast of what they're going to look like in the morning when she actually sees what it looks like. And so it just looks very dark. She wants to get in the house. She can't. And then she's introduced to Keith. And I just love that idea, like the idea, the premise of this movie of just like, you're a woman who happens to have an Airbnb that's been double booked. There's this strange guy in it. You don't really have anywhere else to turn to. He seems friendly, but what do you do? And that's kind of the premise of how, um, what's it, uh Craig-er? Mm -hmm, mm Gregor, yeah that's kind of the premise of what he was writing how he wrote the film too about a woman seeing red flags and her instincts kicking in so Mm
1: -hmm.
0: i don't know jacqueline like i feel like tess does for the most part in the beginning she does a lot of the right things you know where she's i don't know if maybe entering the house is even the right thing but
2: oh i think she does a lot of wrong things yeah yeah um (laughs) i first of all she should never have gone into that house ever um, well, and th- this kind of ties into what I I wanted to say about something you were saying before about the neighborhood, how it looks to her during the night, and then how different it looks in the daylight. And it it goes to something that I wanted to comment on, which is that I think this movie pulls off some really successful sleight of hand in a couple mm. different ways. Mm-hmm. I think in terms like visually, it can specifically in terms of the neighborhood and what we understand it to be, and what Tess understands it to be. It looks normal to us too. The first time I saw it in the theater, I didn't have a sense of how rundown and kind of uh, unsafe looking it, it was. I didn't see it until Tess saw it in the daylight. Yeah. And it felt a little like a little, you know, it wasn't a cheat, but it was like a little trick. Hmm. Uh, and I think even more than that, the even bigger sleight of hand that the movie pulls off is the nature of Keith's character. And this was my second time watching it for this podcast. The first time was in the theater last fall and those first 45 minutes. So I I checked the timestamp when it switches from, you know, Tess being our main character to us following Justin Justin Long for the most part. And that's right at the 45 minute mark, more or less. So the first 45 minutes, it, real, it As, as a first-time watch, it really feels like it could go either way as to whether Keith's character is safe yes. for Tess or whether he is a threat to her.
0: And I think they do that very well.
2: It's so good because the way that the dialogue is written and the way that Bill Skarsgård acts the part, it mm. really could go either way. Yeah. I remember the first time watching this, I was terrified for her. And I was mm-hmm. like you're doing the wrong thing that's wrong nope that's wrong don't do that uh going into the house first of all um a- agreeing to s- sleep there stay there share wine with him they had this like awkward moment in the bedroom she comes just the whole thing she sh- she just it should have stopped at the door at the front door should have never gone past that um but nonetheless she does make those choices and from that point on, Almost everything he says and does could genuinely be interpreted as slightly menacing or as completely innocent. And the first time around, I was waffling back and forth, like, do I think he's this this?" Because I knew that the movie was kind of playing with me a little bit with that. Um, And before we find out what happens to him, I had convinced myself that he was evil. Particularly in the moments when she finally gets out of the basement, and he's trying to understand what she's talking about. And she's going, "Oh, there's somebody down there. We have to get out of here." Yeah. And he's like, "Well, no, I we're not going to leave just because or I'm not going to leave just because you think you saw a bed with a camera. Like that's not." And he kept bucket. trying to. He kept trying <laughs> to convince her to yeah, a bucket. He was convincing her to wait for him while he went downstairs. And he's like, "Just wait for me. Don't go. Don't leave." And I thought, "Oh my god, he's trying to trap her."
0: So that is one of the main issues I had with this movie first time. Um, There's just moments where the characters do things that are just dumb and they they're smart people like Tess Mm -hmm. is smart.
2: Yeah.
0: Yet she still goes down into that dungeon area. Right. Okay, She says nope at first Mm -hmm. and she does go down. She sees a room which looks like a fucking kill room. It's it's got a camera. It's got walls made out of cement. It's got blood on the mattress and a, and a shit bucket. She leaves, which was smart. And then she decides to go back downstairs. And Keith wants to go down Definitely. and look at it as well. So it just there's moments where these characters do smart things. And then there's moments where they just don't. And it just kind of made me it was very conflicting because I'm just like, I don't feel like that's the character. They have built her up to be. I mean I guess I, I source a lot of her decisions as smart, but then again, I'm not a woman. So like well, in that's the house there
2: too, but she wouldn't have been in a position to have to make any smart choices if she hadn't made that initial you're right. dumb decision. But I agree with you, but I think something else that we learn about Tessa's character is not just that she's smart, but that she's really compassionate. She is, she's very she really cares about people. And we suffer, we see several instances where yeah. she really wants to help somebody else. Yeah, And so I, I feel that that is within her character, even though logically it's a terrible choice to make. It feels like she can't help, like she could not live with herself to walk away from somebody who needs help. That's it's that's not just
0: I- her, in my opinion, though, too. Like even Keith, like, okay, so he goes back down there. He looks. And then he, after seeing the kill room, he decides to go down another staircase. So a hidden tunnel inside the hidden tunnel. It's obviously a dungeon or like, like, would you, would you still be looking further down there at that? I got point? the vibe that,
5: that he was abducted by the mama or whatever they you call it. You think her. she
0: that, grabbed him? That's what I thought. Yeah. It the way. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then d- he got doesn't loose? he
2: say like, oh, don't go, don't go back that way. That's where it is. We have to go the other way. We have to go further.
0: Right. Okay. I got the idea that he just went looking further, but yeah, you're right. I guess she opened the door, I guess, maybe. So Maybe. the the whole struggle
3: of, you know, whether a character should go in the haunted house or down into the stairs or, you know, anything like that that comes up in a horror movie is always, a, it's, it's always a pull and push for me because you need want people, to. right. You, you want people to make smart decisions, but then there's no movie if they don't.
0: exactly And they also can't be
2: too nitpicky. Okay.
0: Right, right. But then you don't set your characters up to be as intelligent as they seem to be in the beginning. I feel like that's where... people
2: can do dumb things.
0: They can.
3: I also think that I got the sense from Tess that she is very, you know, she's very concerned about, like, Bill Skarsgård's character, and she's, you know, she's kind of testing different things and, you know, trying to navigate uh, her needs versus what's happening. But I think also, you know, even if we are being smart and not trusting people we want to trust people Mm. and so that is another thing that i think complicates her situation in the beginning she she wants to trust this guy she wants to think that he has her best interest at heart and that this is going to be a no big deal situation and they can work it all out
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i think he's
5: overly nice to her i mean and i'm with you jacqueline that that she shouldn't have gone in in the first place you know, I think the one thing that he did is he showed the phone. It's like, yeah, we're double booked here. You know, so yeah, I it, think he,
0: he's, he's definitely there was trying some to be validation as there of as
5: why he was there, not trying to mess with her.
0: But he was, he, is he was aware. That. nice. What's he that? Is aware of the situation she's in. So he's trying to be accommodating without being creepy. I don't know. It's a tough situation. But he was. He pulled it off
5: perfectly because he, he did come off as like creepy as shit. And it was just like, wow. Okay. The so situation you're being,
0: itself, I feel like, is just there was no way to play it without like she. She's going to have distrust for you as a man that she doesn't right. know in this house. She's not going to drink your tea. She's not going to drink the wine. Oh, at least finally she sees it opened in front of her. And the only reason that she's right. disarmed is because they have something in common. They start talking. and she the documentary. Out, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: On the first watch, did any of you guys think the same thing I did, which was that maybe this is all an elaborate ruse that like, he's somehow that he's somehow planned this and, engineered this situation i did
0: based on marketing Mm
5: -hmm.
0: so i didn't get that vibe at all no yeah
5: i I think it was a possibility
0: so because this was a first
3: watch for me for this show i didn't know anything about it right other than i knew that it played with our expectations so knowing that one thing i was never concerned that he was evil
2: Oh, I, okay. I,
3: I was I which in a way was an advantage. I was able to see what the film was doing in that first 25 minutes. I was able to f- see the game that it was playing.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. Were you disappointed that there was no Barbarian by the end?
3: <laughs> well, after all the Barbarian movies i had been looking at, absolutely.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was not one shirtless muscle bound man. Well, there is. Book. I mean,
3: Damn I, it. The, the Barbarian is the serial killer.
0: I Yeah technically. Yeah. And they also, I think the street was like Barbary or something like Barbary. that. yeah, yeah. Yeah, Barbary, yeah. Barbarian was just a placeholder name that he gave the, the screenplay to. It wasn't really meaning anything at the time. And it just mm-hmm. sort of became the name that stuck for the film. So, but I do yeah,
5: think it could have been had... called Mama and have just as yeah. much effectiveness, you know, or Baba. Leo. Baba.
2: Leo, what were your expectations going into the movie and how how much did the movie meet or conflict with those expectations
4: um very much like Stephen, i didn't watch this film before we had all agreed to do it oh. so i was able to go into a blind which i always love because i don't get that opportunity very often these days mm-hmm. um i i've i've really been enjoying listening to you guys talk about this beginning part because I think I have a different take on it. And I just love hearing the other opinions on it. I'm going to quote the film for a moment. Uh, Skarsgård has a line that says, there's always going to be people who want to project some kind of dynamic onto us that serves them. And it's up to us whether or not we play ball.
1: Mm -hmm.
4: And I think that's this moment, which the compliment here, the people who made the film knew what they were doing. They knew exactly what they're doing and they knew exactly who to put in the right place to make it happen. And that's a very intelligent, smart and good decision. My issue, I guess I have with it is that alongside that quote, we as an audience are so used to someone who's being considerate and kind to be synonymous with psychopath, a la Norman Bates or creep, so that the moment we see this behavior, we immediately set our minds to that default. Uh, after all, how could someone that kind and that you know genuine truly be a real good person in today's society? Uh, and that, of course, is the point. That's what they were going for. The problem is it's, for me at least, it was a red herring that was pretty well telegraphed. He was, he was being a little too much of one thing. So obviously he was not the problem. Uh, and, and that might just be my own years of watching this stuff and becoming desensitized to it or what have you. I'm not sure. Uh, but I find it predictable and bland, to be very honest. Um, I think my problem with the film is it's one bad decision after another bad decision, as you guys were just talking about. And with so many misdirects and red herrings in this first 45 minutes, it kind of took away from the overall message or the overall suspense that it was trying to build for me.
0: Yeah, well, this film is, uh, as you would say, Jacqueline, it's a melange of different
2: things, a melange, if you will.
0: Um, Mm. And I, I do respect it for building up Skarsgård's character, Keith, and then him ultimately being somewhat of a throwaway character, like he's he's killed within the first forty minutes. We think
2: innocent victim.
0: Yeah, we think that he's gonna be uh, in it for the long run or whatever with Tess down there in the dungeon together. And then when he gets his head bashed and it was very surprising the first time. See, and
3: I think that that probably plays much better if you're like watching it in the theater when it had just come out. Yeah. Cause again, knowing that the only thing that it was doing was messing with my expectations. I, and this is not the fault of the movie. I have no problem with knowing what's going to happen, but I knew he was going to die. Cause I, I could see that that was the point that they were going to prove, which was that, okay, they're going to make this look like an uncomfortable situation. It'll be unclear whether or not he's the villain, and then something will kill him.
1: Mm. And but then that, the, that's the, the story that will progress. To, yeah.
3: uh,
4: to your point, is that putting Skarsgård in that role, just off of the <laughs> It series, it's especially, they knew people were automatically going to yeah. zone in on him mm-hmm. and, and put that label on him and make this whole misdirect happen right up until... The Blair Witch shows up to kill Pennywise, at which point the game's over.
0: Yeah, and I think, I think him not being the villain is part of the surprise, but I don't think it. I don't think it rests solely on that. No, I think no. his death, even though you may have thought it was coming, I don't think you may have thought it was coming the way it did. Like it was very surprising how brutal and just. Mm-hmm. quickly it happened
3: it it also doesn't matter to me that i saw it and it was you like know, unceremoniously
0: like I, it was just like yeah, a, like a good story
3: is a good story like i know mm-hmm. a superhero is going to live till the end of the movie but i still in you know yeah. if it's a good movie it's a good movie it's, so predicting something doesn't bother me um nope. it just was um it, I, I just think it probably played a little differently if you saw it in the theater before you when people knew nothing
0: it hit me like, uh, spoilers, uh, executive decision when Steven Seagal gets sucked out of the uh, landing gear on the plane and you think it's his movie. Oh, mm-hmm. if we knew first 20 minutes we knew
3: now, yeah. yeah. the first How
0: 20 we- minutes you're like, wait a minute. I thought this was a Steven Seagal movie
2: or, or scream. Yeah. Uh, well, the, so going back to something you guys mentioned for me, the, my mistrust of Keith didn't really have anything to do with the fact that the character is played by Bill Skarsgård, nor did it really have to do with the fact that he seemed overly nice. And so therefore he must be a psychopath. My mistrust of him was solely because he's a man. Hmm. Sorry. Um,
1: That's fair.
2: A strange man that she does not know. Yeah. And, and that he is present in this Airbnb where he's not supposed to be or he is but like they're not you know it's a mistake but it seems like a weird turn of events and so to me that's that's that is all it takes for me to mistrust him and play the is he or isn't he game Mm -hmm. um i to me there wasn't like a a bunch of red herrings it was really just is he or isn't he
1: yeah
4: But yeah, that... I, I think, again, that's the smart part of the movie. And they they knew that that was correct. That was the way to do this because women have to be on guard. Women yeah. have to be careful. They even touch uh, on they, it in their
0: conversation when they're sitting
4: on the couch. Exactly. There. You know, and I'm not taking away from that by any respect, but also he didn't know her and he didn't trust her. And so he was probably just taking the characters as they were. Uh, equally weirded out or freaked out by the situation because he didn't know what to make of her either she just had more to
5: worry about because that's the society we live in
1: mm. well see and well, I kind of a... I,
5: I love that interaction that they had in the bedroom where he was with the Dubois <laughs> or whatever they call Duvet. it duve <laughs> Du whatever but but it's like Duvet. like um Tess had this had this expectation like she she like took a half step forward yeah. like she was gonna kiss him and he goes mm. good night you yeah. know, and, and just he, walks out of there. So it was kind he of a reverse. Like they,
3: they were both into each other a little yeah. bit. No, absolutely.
5: Yeah. But but he took he took kind of the opposite of what I thought he was going to do and actually I, kiss her or something really?
0: like that. I didn't
2: see that. I no, felt I his energy like wanting to go for it. Too. No, she
0: leans he, forward he, totally. She, yeah. and there's an awkward pause where she's sort of like, Well, you're gonna kiss me almost. And yeah,
5: she she kind of took a step forward
0: and, and then he goes back.
2: Yeah, but I not because he doesn't want to,
0: because he just knows that the situation is odd. It's Mm. You know, and he doesn't know yeah, if, she, he, if it's the right he move. Just walked away, but chemistry is totally there. Yeah, well, in the I middle think... of the
5: night, you know, he's he's having like some sort of bad dream or a nightmare, and she wakes him up, and he's so vulnerable. He, he's like, he's ho- covering himself with his blanket, going. He scared the shit out of me he's you know, a just, little
2: aggressive towards her in that moment it surprised me a little well he just woke he, up
5: from a night I, nightmare. well like if somebody woke you up after having a nightmare i'm you, not I'm not criticizing
2: him i'm just saying it surprised me that, that like that was the tone that came out compared well, with the tone between them earlier and
5: he was really yeah. he was really nice because he left her a note you know he he left early and says hey break a leg congratulations or good luck whatever mm-hmm. Well, I so, think the
3: movie is playing a little bit with your expectations. You know, it's trying to true. it's trying to push him forward a little bit as a little aggressive, and then it's trying to walk it back and say, oh, it was just a mistake. Which again, I think if you are, you know, I've never been a woman, you know, mistrusting a man, but no, I haven't <laughs> um, haven't checked that box yet. But um but there, you know, I've certainly been in situations where I haven't trusted the situation. But mm-hmm. you, again, you want to. Yeah. So you are constantly navigating. Is this in my head or is this the other person? Yeah, am I
0: reading what, it properly?
3: And I will say there was a point where I thought the twist might be that there was something on her end. Mm, so she, that would have been interesting. That she was doing something villainous because and this is something I really admired in the writing some of the things that she does could be read the wrong way oh even interesting. If, even though I understand them even though I understand them like I tried to th- put myself in bill Skarsgård's shoes when she takes a picture of his wallet yeah because I was like I get why she's doing it and I but is that
0: ethical that. at the same time but yes but and I get it would it be ethical if he did it to her is what I'm saying I get,
3: I get it, it but it also- I, I also have to understand that I would have been weirded I if that were me if, what I if he were walked him, in at that moment? Hold- if I were him, I probably would have been like, you know what? If we're there, I'm gonna leave. I would just, I would just go. Yeah. Because, and I'm not criticizing her at all, but I thought that that's where the movie might be going, where it might mm-hmm. be like her actions are getting misread. Yeah. Or,
2: well, s- since you brought up the point, I, one of the notes I wrote down was actually to start off with, he shouldn't have opened the door. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, that's- Especially that's since he knows what the neighborhood looks like and yeah. she doesn't hey
2: it's leo can i in the first place
3: can i ask you a question about that neighborhood so when the reveal of the neighborhood so you know it's all dark and then they reveal that it's like a total shithole i mm. laughed out loud because i thought oh this house is just where i used to live
4: i had the same
5: thought <laughs> yeah that's that's uh
4: very much like neighborhoods
5: i grew up in absolutely yeah it
4: was you really true to,
5: to detroit though too like what detroit's going through right now that's it. it is a shit horror well that's why this takes place if there
3: had been trailers there i would have felt at home
2: (laughs) well but at the same time detroit also is kind of there are people in detroit who are making efforts to like turn it around and just like tess was talking about with the documentary that she hopes to work on there are like artists and people moving in there to try to like Bring it back to life in a lot of ways, and um, because nobody
4: wanted to think that Robocop was going to predict the future,
0: yeah, totally did. (laughs) I like it, that's true
3: of Detroit, yeah, that's true of Detroit. A lot of that housing is so cheap now that like artists were moving there in droves, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah.
2: One, One of my best friends uh lives there now, and he's like a school administrator, and his wife is a teacher, they don't have a super great income even combined, but they have a beautiful like 1920s house, like art, uh, not art deco, yeah, art deco style. And, check I the mean, race. they, wow, they, they bought, yeah, they bought it for a song, but it's, so it's
1: beautiful.
0: Just to touch on their relationship, uh, the chemistry between these two characters real quick again, I do feel like if things had gone out normal, she went in on her interview, came back, he came back, maybe they exchanged numbers or something like that, and he left the B and B to her for the rest, like he went somewhere else or whatever, vice versa. I do feel like they might have met up for drinks one day or coffee or something. Like Mm -hmm. there could have been something there because it felt like they were both in this weird situation that they they were able to get through. And through that, they sort of bonded because of it. And they learned that they had a lot in common and chemistry, which is why we kind of let her guard down at, at a moment for both of the characters, where we're like, okay, she's seems like she's safe, but then we see the door open in the back. And the back door is open. We see that open, and we realize that there's something else going on. And there was that weird noise she heard, and her door was opened. Um, I like that. I have a problem with it too. I have a problem of Mama sneaking around the house, just like looking at people sleeping, because she's not exactly like graceful. She's like a fucking Neanderthal. And yeah. to get out of that basement passageway, there's like things in her way to even you got to step around. It's supposed to be secret. I don't know. Just I know she. <laughs> Gets out of well, theoretically, the she would have known the house, yeah. Yeah, yeah I know, I get it, but it just well, just to picture her like we saw her creeping around. around in the
5: tunnels, like, silently,
0: yeah,
5: I know, silently. Well, yeah, but it, it, I mean, I, I agree with Heidelberg on this because it felt very paranormal paranormal at first, yeah. And then you know, you saw this hulking human, it worked the first and... time,
0: yeah. But then when I realized what she looked like and how she moved and like yeah. the basement door itself, like how to get it open. But they do say, the bum says later on, the homeless guy, that she does at night leave. Yeah, so comes out I don't know me. if there's another That's way my out. That's
4: question here. If she comes out at night so often that even the homeless guy is familiar with the pattern... Yeah. And then she's walking through the living room. She sees these two people sleeping there. Why didn't she just grab one of them? Take then? one of them then. Right? Why go and wait for them this to is, come to her? This is not
3: know. her first Airbnb. She's hosted before. <laughs> yeah,
0: maybe she, she might wanted to point just go Exactly. To the Theoretically, and, like, she's drug their other people down there before. Why not? She just wanted to just go grab put these some two. fresh mints on the pillow. Yeah. A- th-
2: this is a five-star Airbnb, Leo.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> she left the wine. Actually, she's the one. Yes, who left it, it
0: was her wine.
3: That would have been a great. That shot that this movie's missing. Her, her, just her hand just coming in and placing <laughs> that wine bottle. Yeah, <laughs> a little thing just like a, yeah. a weird hair
0: wrapped around it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a
3: little thank you card,
2: <laughs> or like the wine in the ba, 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 bottle,
0: ba, ba. like the. Baba from mama. Yep.
2: Well, so the oh, the <laughs> underground space is kind of like her territory. That's her home court yeah. advantage, and that's you know her normal environment. Where I think she has a little bit more control. Like she has traps and,
0: yeah, and she things knows that layout. lock
2: behind the person and all that. Whereas up on the main floor of the house, it's too easy for them to escape. Like she her, her, her baby is not as confined in that space. She's what do we think a, a she does when
0: she leaves the house? Does she kill animals and bring them back or does she hunt and bring back human beings to be new babies? Like what exactly do you think it's, she's doing.
5: I didn't see get some I... fresh air. I'm curious of what happened to all the bodies because we'll get into the story later of what was actually going on in that house, but there were no bodies or anything like that. It was just like a dungeon with. I assumed they were.
2: What, Leo? I assumed that they were buried somewhere in that tunnel in the, in the dungeon. Maybe she ate
0: them.
2: Well, when Justin Long gets down there, he looks like something smells bad. Yeah. for a moment and
5: but that would that's that's when they went into the mama's room yeah and he was like shoo so you know that well, loop maybe they're buried in breastfeeding I don't know. was on there
0: we're at justin long's part and i'd like to discuss him because he has one oh, of the complaints as well
5: okay so so we've we've reviewed a lot of movies with pieces of shit in movies um man did yeah. he like
0: and that's <sighs> not even my complaint really like i get it but... Justin Long just kind of plays these kind of characters sometimes, like either really nice but silly or like kind of snarky. Snarky, yeah, um, it's sort of his thing. And I, I mean, I don't liked... know
2: if I've seen him play a rapist.
0: No, like, mm-hmm. but uh, I just like so like the, the switch when it came, it kind of it kind of knocked me back when I first saw it, and I was just like, "What are they doing?" Like, I really wanted to. I really liked where they were going with and with the tunnel and stuff like that. But I get it. It it kind of had like that psycho switch where we we leave our main character and we go and we we're going to spend some time with another character, an unlikable character, but a character nonetheless. Um, And I just I don't know, like I just when I first met him, I just wasn't that into him. Uh, We
4: spend a stupid amount of time getting to know AJ and his Hollywood problems. Yeah. And I I just it a little side.
0: He just he just struck me as like insanely naive as well. Like, I get it. Like, so like he's a narcissist. That's fine when he gets to the Airbnb, I feel like he would have more self-preservation. I understand like, oh, he's like, I found the secret passageway. OK, he finds the murder room just like they did. And here's another dumb decision on a character's part. He sees everything that's there and he just ignores it. And then he thinks, let me go upstairs and check if the square footage is going to get me more money. OK, can I
4: can I interject with this too? my yeah. big problem in this moment? he goes to this house that he hasn't been to in potentially years. Yeah. He gets inside, realizes there's a weird car out front. There's luggage everywhere. There's shit in the bathroom. The, the basement door is hanging open. And then he just fucking goes to sleep. He doesn't bother yeah, to like right. be weird about this. Well, or call he the called the management yeah, company. He did. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, he called, called them. them evidence of people there. He's convinced that there's somebody there and he's just
0: going <sighs> to take a nap. So what bothers me is that he decides to check for square footage in the dungeon, okay? It's a murder room. It's got a piss and shit bucket. It's got blood-soaked mattress. Okay, fine. He's a little stupid because he's, like, greedy. He's narcissistic. Then he finds the, like I said, the terror tunnel inside another tunnel, and he goes down there even further. Backwards, which he's never been down there, and he's going backwards with with a measuring tape just checking for square footage i just then he finds cages canine cages that possibly could have humans in them they kind of look like they could he ignores those until he finally gets to the baby room and there were just moments like that where this movie has a seriousness to it and a silliness and like th- these parts just for me they take me out of the film so none of character. none of these things are my my
3: i have like one issue with the movie that comes up later um but none of this was it I think that this character is so lost up his own Hollywood ass yep. that he's just, he just can't That's conceptualize.
0: Saying,
3: yeah. And I, and I agree with a lot would of people. have some self-preservation
0: I, yeah. as, a, as a narcissist.
3: But, I <laughs> but, but he's under attack. He feels in his mind, he's under attack. And so he is trying to figure out what he's going to do with his finances He's trying to figure out how he's going to survive the situation that's in front of him. And he is, as you said, very well, thinks of himself as a victim. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that, so like when he's, wor- when he's talking about the people in the house, you know, like, Oh, there's people in the house and he calls the manager. He's not calling the manager cause he's worried. He's called the manager calling the manager cause he's annoyed.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, that's, yeah. that's evident. Yeah. Right.
5: It, it- Leo brought up something that that he had gone downstairs to take a nap. No, he saw the door open. He's like, what the fuck, dude? So he just moved the chair out of the way, closed the door, didn't even think about going down there, called his buddies, you know, used a derogatory term while he was, you know, washing his face, talking to whoever, oh, his mom. And then, like, his buddy called him up. They met for drinks. He revealed, well, you know, it took a little convincing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you said, Stephen, like, he's up his own Hollywood ass just worried about himself, not yeah. not what's going on. He's so preoccupied. I can
0: get in those this. situations. I can't, I don't, I still don't understand anybody that looks at that room with the tape and the, the, the cot and then decides to go further down, especially with their back turned to the possible danger. I just, I, I know we're watching a horror movie, but it still takes me like, come on. I think he's so I, unaware. Sorry, Jacqueline. Yeah. But. Oh
2: no, I think I was about to say the same thing. Like I think because he is such a narcissist, I think it's inconceivable to him that he could actually be in any danger. Like who would hurt yep. me? This is my house. This it, is my house. It's like I don't think he really a, believes there's anybody dungeon down there. Yeah. Just, like- and well, and so, somebody said something about well, why do we have all this backstory on this character? It's excessive. Well, I think the backstory establishes for us a how narcissistic he is and B, how desperate he is that he's like his mind is just like he just sees dollar signs in his mind right now like how can i get money and really because he's so narcissistic i think he's really just unconcerned um in terms of safety about what's going on yeah, he's and
0: i just feel like he totally would have looked after his own back when he's going down that tunnel
5: he proved it he throughout the movie
0: mistakes because he's a he's a shithead character and we want to see him die so we're like, go ahead, go look down the fucking thing well, for. And Hyderberg, To me, it just took look, me out.
5: Yeah, and like you said, I mean, he should have he like like seeing the handprint, bloody handprint on the wall. He should have recognized that, but he is up his own ass. And it, it was a character I love to hate. You know, I just yeah. I I, Again, I found it was a
0: little it, silly for me.
5: Yeah,
3: I I think that there is. I'll defend the the backstory on the uh on Justin Long's character because there's three big instances of this movie of men treating women badly. And so there's a yeah, thing that, so, that does work, so, so like- you have the serial killer, you have you know everything with that AJ did, and then you have the 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 navigation of the first 25 minutes of of what's happening between you know Tess and the Bill Skarsgard character. Mm-hmm. So So that backstory works for me for Justin Long because it's fitting with a theme. Um, And uh, somebody said that, you know, he kind of plays these characters regardless of any issues I have with the movie. I think Justin Long's fantastic in this movie. Um, You know, I, those kinds of characters, it is so easy for the actor to sort of jump in front of the role and say, I want to look good. So therefore I'm going to make this person look as bad as humanly possible. But but he plays him like a character. He plays him like a person. And there were moments in the beginning where I wasn't sure whether he had done what he had done. It becomes very clear, yeah. but I appreciated that it, it allowed me to see him fully as a character so that then, you know, when I understood what he had done and sort of like the larger role it was playing in the movie, that um, that I saw him fully. And I did appreciate that. I thought it was a very good performance.
0: Yeah, no, I, I mean, he's good at that role. And I, my my issue is not his acting. It's <clears throat> more about the way the character's written a little bit for me.
2: I can that understand I... that, Hydra Bergen. I, I don't even want to argue with you or even express how I disagree because I feel like it's just... It's not. It's not a, a matter of like right or wrong. I think it's just how it.
0: Yeah, I guess how it penetrates
2: you as a person, and I can see your point, and I can see why that would bother you. It just doesn't happen to bother me, but I, I get it.
0: I, I like. I get with your. I get what both Leo and Stephen are saying that like there's a reason why we do spend a good amount of time with them building them up because of the, the themes later on with men um, and like um, women being put upon. Um, when- and, Would but you guys also, also
2: include the police officers in that? Yeah. How they treat t- Definitely.
0: T- yeah. And I wasn't sure if it's just like, she's a woman, she's also of color, so it's like, but they're the, the officer dealing with them is of color. Color, Right. She, well, she looks disheveled, so they're, they're thinking she's she a crackhead,
5: you know, and yeah. this is, you know, the way it is in Detroit, apparently. Yeah. But,
0: yeah. I, I do think the film, I don't know, it's weird because you kind of do need to give Justin Long enough time for his character to develop because it's gonna pay off later um it was just some of the decisions that he made i thought were it, it, it's not just his character it's, it's several of the characters to me that are one of my main issues on the film and i do like this film still i just had issues with those especially my first time viewing
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh steven you did mention some themes though that i thought were interesting the themes of motherhood as well as like how men can put upon women like their own agenda um Like this subterranean creature is essentially like she's a monster, but she's also a woman that was held captive by a man. She's bred to bear children. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Whether intentional or not, the premise uh, lends itself to that discussion. And I think uh, like plenty of chauvinistic men out in the world still view women as property and as their sole goal in life is to please a man Uh and make babies. So I feel like this speaks on that. This creature has no true agency. She besides her baser instincts of survival and to protect and care for her young instincts, possibly in in all women, but not it's not a man's decision for a woman to act on them. Right. Like she's she's being bred to be just this soul thing, this mother.
5: Well, it it goes deeper than that, in my opinion. And again, this is my first time. And like you guys, I my first time watch going into a blind is you know, it's much deeper with incest, you know, because we got an info dump at the end of the movie with that.
0: I feel like almost the incest is the the catalyst for why she's so strong. Like we're supposed to believe that she's monstrously strong because she was a bred from incest. When you make a copy of a copy of a copy, you get this monster. Uh, But I don't know, like, Uh, Jacqueline, you, you touched like a mother is essentially like a prisoner at times. Like it could, you know, um, much like we discussed in some previous episodes, like dealing with motherhood, um, like how a woman can feel trapped at times in the role of being a mother, um, in the nuclear family. And although they, they love and adore their family, it is essentially for a woman to have her own things, her own life, her wants in order to feel whole. And like, I feel like maybe this film speaks on that a little bit. Otherwise, I don't know a woman can feel put upon and lesser than and much like the monster in this film, like a prisoner, you know, a grotesque version of themselves. Like they don't see themselves the the way they would like to because of, you know, um, the way they think they're viewed or like, you know what I mean? Like you've said, like we we mentioned last week how Mm. how much it is. It can be so overwhelming as a mother to take care of your family and all the needs that you need to take care of and then not take care of yourself. You know what I mean and this poor creature has been bred with nothing else in life besides this need of having a baby and that's mm-hmm. it so I feel like I'm yeah. wondering how much is it you know that there's there to unpack that the writers or the writer um really put in there you know other than just like a scary monster
2: Well I I don't know to to be honest with you I feel like you're giving this character like more um yeah more than than she has (laughs) Um, this viewing is kind
0: of where i started pulling that from a little bit i'm like wondering what if there's more to it than
2: well this this might just be a difference of opinion but i i see the character of the mother as being more a prisoner of her own like um what's the word i need like mutated body and mind mm-hmm. than a physical prisoner from external forces like what's what's that character's name anyway the father grandfather um, Richard Brake. what's Frank. his name Frank okay I never yeah, even heard or that. Carlos Carlos, Carlos right um that's racist but no, anyway I was so say that. Fra-
0: <laughs> you broke you beat me to it. <laughs>
2: um so Frank doesn't even really have physical control over her he himself is deteriorating and wasting well, we don't away. see
0: all those years down below, like that's what, true. How everything but, played out,
2: but at the moment that we're seeing the mother's story play out, I like, I to be honest with you, it, maybe it's there and I just wasn't looking for it, but I don't see this movie as really going into those ideas about like. a a woman's personhood outside of motherhood and Mm -hmm. wifedom and all that like yes those themes were very strong in Wesera, the movie we talked about last week and but here I feel like it's just to me I was I was considering other things when watching this yeah um I I just I just didn't this is my third time so yeah. And, and I definitely and, didn't
0: pull on those things right away, but I just thought I wonder if they are there.
2: Yeah. The I think because she's so limited in her like physical and mental yeah. faculties, I just That's all I don't see there's there's not really a way that she could be like a complete person. Like she would not be able to function in society. Mm-hmm. Um it's just like she she is kind of a monster and so I, I like do we do we really contemplate like the personhood of a monster who's like not capable of functioning as a human being
3: well you know? I, I i think the word monster is great because it it harkens back to like classic horror movies oh, we're right. talking about like frankenstein and dracula where these characters were incredibly sympathetic mm-hmm. And so, you know, the question I was taking from this movie is simply, what happens when your monster is just as sympathetic as your victim?
0: Yeah, yeah, she is, and there's a connection between them at the very right. end.
2: And that does that does happen too. I feel like we just hadn't gotten there, but I just mean like on like on a physical and mental level, like. We're not going to see her as like a complete person. Like she's not going to take up painting and like go. you're <laughs> oh, no, never going to have that like, chance. You know,
0: I and mean, she's.
2: She, I don't think she's capable of that. Like no, I don't think well, that's just not something that I considered watching this movie. Like, oh, I don't think she feels complete as a person. Like I think just I forget who said it earlier, but somebody said she doesn't really have any impulses other than just operating on base instinct. Yeah. Like oh, I I need to procreate, which is really no different than like a a bird or a right. dog, you know. So like the she's reduced to her to a biological drive to nurture something and that's it but i honestly don't ascribe a lot of like social commentary to that specific aspect of her Mm -hmm. existence because i don't see an alternative scenario in which she's like you know writing her next writing her novel while like working two jobs and raising her baby
0: like one or or, like she was bred to be this by this man and i also take it but
2: it just happens that way like it's not like I mean, there, I don't think I, there's there's not an alternative in my I've opinion. also
0: taken it as she's like possibly not the first um, version of of the mother, you know, I mean he's had babies with the babies who's had babies. So she's like the byproduct of like there was like an, an original like I took it almost like that one mother that one woman that he went down and took he had like mm-hmm. at least another woman down there when he took that one woman in the in the flashback okay, I, can I get real it. nerdy
2: for a second well, sorry. Yeah, Leo, go ahead.
4: I didn't mean to interrupt. I, I, I was just saying I might have missed the point if they made it in the film. But how many generations is this
0: woman? It's been at least 40 years.
2: I did some math. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. So sorry. This I got real. I like I drilled down deep on this. Okay. So the homeless guy tells them that she was born about 40 years ago. Okay. Right. And that's when we see the flashback to him going grocery shopping. We know it's the Reagan administration. We hear that 80s you, song. You
5: see it before that. You see that scene before. I the, know that,
2: but I'm but I'm saying that yeah, yeah. Cor- one corroborates the other. We like we know yeah, it's about person, 40 years yeah. ago cuz we saw it in the flashback, but also the homeless man tells us. It doesn't matter when we saw each thing. I'm just saying they correspond. Like the information okay. checks out. So I think she's about 40 years old. If we're being generous, like Looks
0: pretty good for forty, she must do okay, Pilates, bro.
2: I mean, I guess there are days when I wake up and I feel like I look like I'm that, now that. I'm forty, but um, so if we assume, and we don't know, but if we assume that Frank is, let's say, around ninety, and I think that's yeah. being maybe a little generous, but let's say he's ninety. Okay, she's forty-ish, so that would put him at about fifty when she was born. Now to give him the opportunity for the most number of like generations of this lineage let's assume that he's not just like a rapist and not just like an incestuous rapist but let's assume that he's like a pedophile um incestuous rapist and let's right. assume that the mother of the mother that we see in the movie let's say she was 13 and god forgive me for even like going down this path of logic, but right, right. let's say that the mother of the mother was 13 when, when the mother was born. Okay. Right. So that would put Richard Brake at about 37. Well, let's assume that the mother of that mother was 13. So that puts him at about 24. I don't really want to go 13 years before that and put him at 11 okay. years old doing this. So let's right. assume, so that would mean that the current mother that we see is the third generation of this lineage, but she'd only be the second one that's inbred.
0: So that because he's, does that he's, make sense
2: to you guys? He's yeah, that one it does. Woman
3: I actually have to go back now. I
4: think Heidelberg was talking about it earlier. With how is she? If she's only the second generation inbred, how is she She Hulk? How how is that's she
2: my being? problem.
5: The, that's, that's, the movie, that's the biggest problem with the movie, right there. That's my yeah. problem. Is the, the time? You know, this line. is the
4: sort of thing, even for Hollywood writing,
5: whether it's you
4: know, based on fact or fiction or whatever, that you would see eight generations in or twelve. Yes, or you, you yeah. would see these yes. mutations start to come through. Not they both have eyes type. That's, so I mean, that's this, right. Leo that, that i think a car and thing. she falls off of a water tower and she survives it all.
2: She rips and, the dude's um, arm off.
4: Yeah, right. he's like super strong. And beats like, him like it with nothing. It. And I don't see that as a second generation issue.
2: I, yeah. I agree with I do
0: agree with that. That's right. I'm sort of like, well, how did she? Well, so Richard brakes got somebody pregnant already when he goes into the dungeon when we see him and he's taking yeah. another woman down there because he's getting baby stuff.
2: I think that's for our mother who's about to be born. But there's a woman it was about down 40 there. years ago. Yeah,
0: you hear the screaming. Down yeah, there I think already. that's the mother yeah. of yeah, the mother. Victim.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so, also yeah,
0: like that could that. Ton- could have been the '80s for sure. Yeah, that was definitely in the '80s, but it was I do the like '80s because we heard them scene.
2: say the Reagan administration on the radio.
0: I yeah. kind of wish oh, we got right. more of that flashback scene to see a little because I was very interested in his character and like his methods and what yeah. he was doing. You we know, could do that for a you,
4: prequel. That's how that's going. I be. have an right. issue
0: though with like the logistics of how the fuck he dug that tunnel by himself, all that digging and reinforcing by yourself. And then, what did he do with the dirt? Did he Andy Dufresne that shit around the neighborhood on morning strolls out through the that, crack of his yeah, fucking that's question ah, his God. leg? How, where did that dirt go? And how did he build everything down there by himself? a like, guy who he,
3: works in construction.
0: I get that. Like that's obviously <laughs> probably what his his his. Real I, I,
4: I want to interrupt real quick, just because uh, I'd like to point out how much Stephen actually respects you in his own particular way, and yet. I ask these similar you questions guys heard on it here our first. show, and he gives me. me nothing but shit about asking these questions. <laughs> and he's not giving you anything right now. So uh, come on, Stephen,
2: we can take it. We're friends. You don't have to be so polite.
0: <laughs> Nobody gives a shit, Heidelberg <laughs> uh, Fucking people that work with their hands do, Stephen. Not <laughs> artists like you. <laughs> oh, if you only knew what I did.
3: <laughs> oh, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> he took it out one pocketful at a time I know, I
4: I know, I know some of the stuff so many did. times for these exact inquiries I'm just saying well,
0: well my issues is- with nail guns and ventilation shafts and stuff like that notwithstanding that that's a lot of dirt to get rid of Well,
2: there is a disorder that pregnant women can get sometimes called pica or pica, where they eat
0: non-food things like chalk or
2: dirt. So, yeah, maybe she just maybe he just fed it to the pregnant mother. He
0: was just having more babies so that they can actually
4: would make the mama that we know now even more malnourished. She's not getting sun. She's not getting proper food. She's. There's no way she could be as strong as she is. It's just leading more and more into doesn't make sense.
3: That's yeah, why she's. Exactly that's right. why she's leaving every yeah. night. There's a Whole Foods just <laughs> down.
2: the street. Well, one thing yeah, I thought yeah. is, what if she's, she's on scavenging? The keto diet. What if she's scavenging?
3: That's that's what I, I that's I, that's, what, said, that's how I interpreted it. Was that she was scavenging? Yeah, yeah. But it, she if
0: she's, killing she's still not getting
4: the best, I mean, maybe she's getting some nutrition no, out of something somewhere. But I mean, maybe
0: they're getting Uber Eats all the time. Or like, what is? <laughs> This is an Airbnb the, after all. So Uber Eats would be a thing too. And this is, you know, it's the same world. So
3: that's the scene that this movie is missing. Is that when like Tess is outside, she's like, I don't know what to do. Like the Uber Eats driver comes by and he's like, Don't go back into that house. <laughs> and then just drops off like 12 bags. What of do you food think he writes on the and then instructions? Gleams- and
0: it right. Just drop it off in front of the dungeon door. The basement window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mama the door, by Domino's. After, after the torture chamber. Then you know to drop. It, then you can put it down.
3: Just 12 bags of sushi and five baby bottles. Well, there yeah. you go. And the kale. <laughs> Don't forget the kale. That's what
0: I kind of wondered too. Like the logistics of all this stuff is hey, like superfood. So Richard Breaksman down there for how long? He's decrepit. He's living in his own filth and watching these fucking snuff films. Yeah. Uh, how is he eating? So she must yeah. be going and scavenging. He's eating, eating the body. What is he eating? Yeah, yeah he's yeah, eating Maybe the bodies. they're eating the body. Yeah.
1: Well, the,
0: because what does the homeless guy say? He says there's something scarier down there. Worse down there. Yeah. yeah, he her. means
2: him. He means yeah, that's what eye. I thought. Meaning well, him. But, but, but like, does it matter little... like what he's eating?
3: Yeah. The, that matter? is. Yeah. this. So this is something that, yeah, I just. I personally don't care all that much about what he's eating or how it happens. As long as it serves the narrative arc, that's what matters more to me. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't matter to me.
2: So is the narrative arc served in your opinion?
3: So, well, that's where I have a bit of an issue. I think this, I loved this movie up until, up until around the point that, tess escaped Mm -hmm. um because when she escaped then we had a lot happening with the cops now i initially did not like the cop scene at all i felt like it was just the movie was just going through the pains of explaining why the cops weren't going to be able to help her Mm -hmm. and and sometimes i feel like horror movies spend too much time explaining themselves I don't need to know. I mean, we were joking about it, but I don't we need, don't to, need know to know how, how. How I don't need to know what he There's eats. I don't need to know how the tunnel works.
0: Um, <laughs> they could have just showed an uncrustable on the fucking mattress. I would have. It would have. It would have been fun, right? <laughs> just fucking boxes of Cliff okay. Bars. Yeah, that's <laughs> cool. that cool and that's and what I Mac- eat. Just boxes of
2: Cliff Bars. He'll be fine. Of all things, why did? Why was uncrustable? This strikes me as
0: a guy. He can eat it. The kids down there can eat it. Like.
5: Well, I I go back to the cop scene. I think it's just that that horror movie trope of poor um, police work, you know? It's yeah, just possibly some like played into some that in a little bit.
2: I think well, it's more than I, that. I I,
5: so Jacqu- Jacqueline won me over. Seconds.
3: Jacqueline won me over on her interpretation.
5: Okay.
2: Well, so to me the the, the poli- it's not about poor policemanship. I think it's about the deterioration and the like um languishing condition of the city of Detroit that there's not enough basic so like social services to go around like there's not enough trash collection there's not enough police officers to serve the city they cannot properly address crime because they don't have enough units I got the sense that there are like six people on duty in the whole city of Detroit and these guys just don't have time for it and how do they prioritize which case to take well one there's shots fired the other one it's this girl that they think kind of seems like a crackhead.
0: I mean, she looks the part when she comes up to them. Oh, so yeah, she's it's not to say and... that
2: it's it's not to say that they don't care, but I think if they, if they had had more resources, they would have felt like they could afford to care a little bit more and like investigate mm-hmm. it. But to their eyes, she looks like an an untrustworthy person or somebody who's like just fucked up and they have another report with something very concrete which is their shots fired. So mm-hmm. they have to prioritize because the city of Detroit and, and it's like ur- like urban decaying areas is not able to I know I'm sorry. <laughs> um not able to provide the basic like city services that a normal city should be able to provide. I think it's a comment on the like economic ruin of this city.
0: Yeah, I think I think you have that's a good point actually. I mean- I, it just it's it's funny that they still took the time. They did take the time to go to the house and check out the call, though. So they did kind of they entertained her for a moment there on. But I guess there just wasn't enough there with like the broken glass. We're like, well, we're not just going to barge into somebody's house, especially <laughs> nowadays with cops. Everybody is videotaping you and if you do the wrong thing. You're going to you know, you're going to lose your job or at least yeah. Well, most
5: don't lose their job at all. But. Okay, I, and Stephen, I'm, I'm actually on Jacqueline's side now because I just thought about the phone call that she had made earlier in the movie where where the 911 operator says, we just don't have the people to go out yeah, there and check this that. out if, if you don't have concrete evidence. So yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so I take back what I said, and I agree with you, Jacqueline. Stephen and I
4: joked a little bit about it earlier, but I actually did grow up in a rundown neighborhood. I, I was in the projects for quite some time in my life and it's not Detroit the way it's represented in this film by any means, but even then, there was only so much they were willing to do or able to do for people because there was so much going on all the time. So it's very difficult for them, and I was going to bring up the same thing Heidelberg did. They did at least humor her, if anything else, to go to the house and check it out. So it's not as dismissive and frankly rude as they were, it wasn't like they weren't going to try. So there's at least that but yeah there's just a it's a thing about being in a uh area like that i personally feel that if they went into that neighborhood and they found all these burnt down derelict destroyed homes in this one pristine 1950s straight out of a comic book uh, house sitting in the middle that would be a little sus but Mm -hmm. you know that's just me
2: well the other thing is i think because you know you guys brought up the point, I think rightfully so, that they did at least go to the house to see, you know, if they could help her. I think if she had somehow called from inside the house and they had pulled up and she were trapped in the basement, like banging on that window, I think, I think then they would have been able to take then they would have taken action. They would have believed yeah. her, they would have then felt more compelled to investigate the interior of the house and see what she's talking about. But because that's not where she was when they found her, she was already right. out. And so it, it didn't sound as believable of a story as if they had actually seen her trapped.
4: Right. They had no reasonable cause to go inside.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. No, but, it, it certainly wasn't that I didn't buy their reasoning. It was more just that I, again, wasn't really all that interested in their reasoning. Um, So, but but I, I buy everything that everybody's saying. Uh, the point that I got sort of turned on is that it is another point where Tess is being treated poorly by a man and Mm. so then that makes me go okay I can now see how this fits into the whole piece better
1: Mm. like
0: you said Steven I mean Leo uh, it's probably a song and spiel that these guys have heard before similar call turns out to be nothing so it's like yeah they should do their due diligence but at the same time when weighed up against well this shit we got shots fired and we just told them we'd be there in 10 minutes. Like we need to get going.
4: Well, especially yeah. when you're overworked and understaffed in that particular profession. Yeah, this
0: woman comes and, up and to you disheveled.
4: Trust me, there, there are people from those neighborhoods who will call about the stupidest shit. and yeah, I mean, look at the problems. neighborhood they're going to. And there's a lot of it where they have to just kind of shrug and move on because they've got no choice. You know? So how is it easy to determine one thing from another in those situations? I do want to agree with Stephen. We, we do agree on this point to uh, some level where I think movies are guilty of over-explaining far too often. And there is a lot of this stuff that as much as I'll joke about it, just to make with the humor on the show. Uh, I also am willing to let it pass because, you know, there's not it, to his point, as long as it's serving the narrative and so on. So
0: I do think this film is a, it's a mix of different films. Uh, to a sense. And so there are elements that are taken realistically. And then there's elements of like silliness and Mm. it blends them for the most part pretty well. But that's like for me, like that's probably why I I, if it was just a straight, silly movie, then I would have let all the silly stuff kind of go over. But when I do see certain stuff, I'm sort of like, wait a minute, especially on more, you know, the more times I've watched it. Yeah. Can,
3: Mm. Can I ask you guys a question? Yeah why not set it in a remote location yeah like why why set it in a neighborhood i'm curious and, and i don't know the answer it i have no answer
0: based on how isolated it is <laughs> i think it is but it I wasn't, think it's
2: but it wasn't isolated when he started
0: no oh you mean him like why not you mean the movie film well the movie like i mean
3: there's a lot of problems that the movie could solve by just having it be out in the middle of the desert somewhere, but then have we don't have pl- the
0: Airbnb premise now. There
3: are tons of Airbnbs out in places like that.
5: Okay. Well, I did that, in- I think they kind of do, Stephen, because they 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 show her driving the freeway of Detroit to get to downtown to have this interview or whatever she's setting up for. Because I I think it is just the burbs of, of a rundown <laughs> suburb of Detroit. You know, it's almost like. Chicago you know Chicago's got a bunch of different burbs around the city of Chicago but that's mostly where everybody lives so I I think they established that a little bit it's more it's more um isolated than than being in the city of Detroit
2: well I disagree with that because when we when we see the flashback of Richard Brake and we know he's already doing nefarious things and has been for quite some time it's a it's a well-populated suburban area yep. i think i think that maybe i'm wrong stephen correct me if i'm wrong but i think the point that you're making is that like if he weren't surrounded by neighbors i don't think it's right. about proximity to like the downtown area i think what you're saying is isolated in terms of not having neighbors well that,
0: yeah that's and, why he gets yeah. his dirt out of his pockets well, uh, and um, morning stroll. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but yeah and there's just things you wouldn't need to do when tess escapes i mean she would have limited options where she could go her keys could be stuck in the house You know, so I just, uh, yeah, I just, if the filmmaker would hear, I'd be very curious to ask Mm -hmm. him, like, what does setting this in Detroit, in this, you know, sort of like uh, downtrodden neighborhood, what does that serve the rest of the film Yeah. over, you know, setting it.
0: What are you trying to say based on. Yeah.
3: On a mountaintop, you know, where everybody's really isolated.
2: The only possible, the only explanation that comes to my mind first, just without having had too much time to think about it is just availability of victims.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. 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 True. And the way he's able to take his victims um by, mm-hmm. you know, infiltrating their house as a yeah. power guy or whatever the fuck it is that he's doing. I which is the be thing that happens the back running in, the day out a lot. in
4: the middle of the forest, then running out to find cops on the street corner at the gas station.
0: Yeah. If they did do it on the mountain, then they could have played that slow version of she'll be coming around the mountain. But <laughs> <laughs> this
3: movie was missing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, I, oh well I,
2: I wanted to ask a question to you guys, shifting gears a little bit here. What do you guys think of the arc or at least attempted arc of AJ? Yeah.
0: Okay, I wanted to talk on that too, because There are moments where they make it seem like he's trying to redeem himself, but he never does because he's ultimately a a fuckwad. He's a piece of shit. (laughs) Uh, But they do. There's moments where it plays out, like for a moment where you could possibly believe it. If they didn't give us that, that reveal where he tells his friend what really happened, if we didn't get that, then I would have bought more of the moments where he was actually like, I did something bad or am I a bad person or, Am I just a good person who did something wrong and I can fix it? Like, I would have believed that more because that he sounds because. uh, Justin Long is a good actor, like I believe those moments as far as his performance, because he does sound genuine for the moment, like he wants to in his mind, he thinks he wants to, but it's not easy and he'll never do the hard choice. He'll never take the hard choice. And we see that ultimately right away where he throws her off the water tower. Oh, God.
5: Well, even when it came to the to the rape uh, uh, that he committed, you know, he wanted to apologize. I, I mean, I get he wanted to apologize, but he was thinking more about himself. That he just, well, I you don't want to be in trouble, and over. I don't have to pay this. You know,
4: yeah, it, it was a narcissistic apology. He was doing, oh yeah, his, absolutely, all of his out, own yeah. problems. Yes.
3: So the the arc of AJ. I think gets into the thing that I don't like about the movie. Um, I didn't want him to redeem himself, nor did I want him to not redeem himself. It's not about that. It's that the movie was so fascinating and it was so different. And each new reveal was taking me down an unexpected road. There was about a good hour, hour and 15 minutes of this movie that I had no idea where it was going. And I was really enjoying that. And so when we get to the end, when they when they escape together and they you know meet the homeless guy and he kind of does as you said he kind of does an info dump of you know sort of what's happened, which I didn't really need that info dump. I had actually figured it out a bit myself, so I didn't care for that. Um, but I think AJ betraying Tess. I saw it coming. I, be- yeah. I knew it was going to happen, and so I don't. I don't know what they're thematically trying to tie up at the end, that mm-hmm. is connected to what he does to her, other than saying guys are terrible, which is fine. You can say that. Yeah. I've seen that in a thousand movies. That's fine, but I my my one issue with this movie is I just thought it was so brilliant. And then I wanted a big, brilliant bow at the end. And I Mm -hmm. just, I didn't feel like I got it, but I'm curious. But yeah, I don't know. And it's connected to that arc for me that like when he turns on her, that didn't really interest me all that much. It kind of just removed his character and allowed for a a much better scene between her and the
0: creature. I mean, he turns on her almost right away, right after that scene of possible redemption. There's no room for it to breathe either. He didn't do anything during the film to build up to that. We're like, oh, he might be on the right path. It was just yeah. like he said one thing and then ultimately went right back. Well, he yeah, he never her. actually makes any effort. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He
5: shoots her in the stomach and then helps her out of there. And then all of a sudden it's like they're getting chased. Which, yeah. by the way, I, I did like that humor where it's like the, the homeless guy goes, well, she's never come in here. And I've it lived here for 15 years. years and yeah. boom, she's back it in was that. It was she's that like Sam clip, Jackson
0: man. fucking shock moment.
5: That was great. That, that that was a lot of fun. But like he he just books it. He like he's running. He's like yeah. He leaves her when myself. he's going up
0: the stairs. Yeah.
3: yeah, and so that to me telegraphed kind of how this was all going to yeah, go. Yeah, right. So and, Stephen- and let me be clear. I don't want him to redeem himself either. I'm not sure which no. is. I'm not sure which is more cliche. I'm not. I <laughs> I don't know.
2: So what would that big red bow have looked like for you? How do you envision and, that? And or that's what I
3: don't know. You know, in a movie that was doing such a wonderful job of, again, revealing some new information that was taking me down a totally different path than I thought the movie was going to go. I didn't know we were going to go deep into the basement. I didn't know we were going to have the serial killer story. I didn't know how these things were all going to come together. And I was really enjoying that.
0: Neither did the writer when he was writing it. Uh That's kind of why the film plays out that way.
3: But, But I was... I was looking at it, and when we met Justin Long's character, I thought, okay, this movie is going to have something to say about the relationship that women have with men. But this movie is so inventive and so different, it's going to say something new. And I was very excited for that. But the problem is, I got to admit, I don't know what that new thing is.
1: Yeah.
0: I do like the ending of her taking, having to take the mother out uh, you know, like, and the mother not even really being aware of it, you know, like not, not recognizing the threat because she's so wrapped up in her baby being hurt, you know, and she wants to take her baby home with her because she's hurt and fix it. And like, I do like Tess having to do the dirty work of, you know, killing her and ultimately feeling bad for it because there's that moment on Tess's face where she's sympathetic to the, the mother, the monster, you know, she's just like, I'm sorry that I have to do this. I did think for a moment, and I don't know if you guys thought this, but I thought the police were going to play a role again in the very end. And as Tess is walking through the shitty neighborhood with a gun in her hand, they were going to show up and they were going to shoot her without even really thinking about it. And that was going to yeah. be our ending. Like, and that was going to yeah, be. I kind of thought that and, like, as well. The I did
5: love the Ronette song for it, though.
0: Yeah. The, so the mid
5: credits scene that bit, they had, uh, just cutting back and forth, I thought that was actually really away. good.
3: Hey, I, hey, Jacqueline. Um, I'm kind of curious because you, you know, at the beginning of this, you spoke so highly of this movie, you know, and so what, as as someone who clearly really enjoyed this, what do you take from the ending?
1: Oh,
2: I, I, I actually, I think it's a great ending. Mm -hmm. I think it's about Tess having to take care of herself when no one else will. And I, but I think that it's like, I think AJ's story is almost as important as Tess's. I found it really interesting to see his attempted arc, but like it kind of like, and just like sputters out because he as you guys have already said, like he doesn't actually take any action. He just expresses a desire to be a certain type of person. There may or may not be a glimmer of recognition that he's kind of shitty person. Um, But ultimately in the end, like The intent, like just saying you want to do something, doesn't really matter, and not doing something. So there's a there's a big contrast that we see between the two characters of Tess and AJ. And we've seen all along that Tess genuinely cares for other people, even AJ. She has thought, yeah, even AJ, even AJ, and she has thoughts. Like I don't know if I could say she cares more about others than she cares about herself, but she is a a a caring person who wants to help she's a helper type of person and aj is the opposite of that and so i think it's like a a, what's the word i need um almost like a retribution like a a, like a sad i think it's a satisfying end for justin long i think he gets what he deserves tess learns fair, fair or unfair as it may be that she has to take care of herself And she does so. And like you, I think you said, Steven, she does the dirty work and she shouldn't have to, like she shouldn't be in this position to begin with, but she does the dirty work of saving herself. um, Because she really can't count on anybody else.
0: Well, mom, the mother saved her too in the end. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. When she jumps
0: off to to save her.
2: I find that scene between Tess and the mother to be extraordinarily sad. It is moving. And I agree. I, I'm sorry, I, I can't remember who said it before, but <laughs> um, I love to see a monster or a villain that is made that you actually feel for. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so much more complex and interesting than just a like a pure villain. Uh, and like this is. This is very much a Frankenstein kind of scenario where this is something this is this this mother is a creature that's been created yeah. without having any say in it. Like she didn't ask to be born to, you know, an incestuous father slash grandfather slash her father's name is Frank. What
0: the Frank is the, the actual true villain. His name's Frank.
2: Right. Yeah. Oh, 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 interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Sorry, it took me a second. It's late. <laughs> um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. But, so, but she, so she, through no fault of her own, she has been created. She inhabits this body. She's, you know, this kind of mutated human. Um, and like she doesn't really she's she's trying to she has her singular aim that she's trying to accomplish and it you can't really fault her for it now does she have violent tendencies yeah mm-hmm. but like again i don't think she's like a fully conscious human being i almost see her as like an animal in a way um but she has that very human need to want to take care of of her baby and so that's that scene between them i think is very upsetting like i think it's tough to watch i find it very sad and upsetting um but i think it's it's right and i i I like that it comes down to just the two of them at the end having to kind of be with each other
5: right and i'm going to echo that too because even when tess hits her with the uh with the jeep um the mother still is like this is my baby i want to take care of you even after that
0: that's her become
2: vindictive or like no not at all gonna get you now
0: yeah, yeah, that's her total agenda is just to get her baby back. Really, mm-hmm. like it looks like she's after her to hurt her, but she's really just there to, you know, she doesn't want her escape. She doesn't want to be alone. She wants her baby.
2: Mm. Could the oh, ending yeah. credit song have been the Chili's jingle? <laughs> I want my baby back, baby back.
0: Baby back chili. Chili's.
5: baby back ribs. Getting my belly.
0: <laughs> Getting my baby. But uh, yeah, yeah, I I do think that scene could have played out and seemed silly, Um, but it is. It's very it's very touching and sympathetic. And the acting is really well done in the scene between the monster and Tess as well. And we get a satisfying death of Justin Long where he thinks he saved the day and he's going to try and play it off like he did too, like, oh, you were slipping. Don't you remember that you were slipping and like you let go and I had to let you go. Uh, You know, like not that I threw you off, And then he gets his fucking face just ripped apart, which I love. Yeah.
2: That was also very satisfying. Yes.
0: (laughs) Steven, you look like you want to say something.
3: No, no, I'm just, I'm thinking about it. I'll be very curious to see what happens uh, on a second watch because, you know, sometimes you're able to, when you watch a movie a second time, you can accept it more on its terms. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that can smooth things out for me, you know, um, so, I'll be very curious to see what happens because I, you know, I I liked this movie uh, significantly up to a point. So I'll be very curious to see how this end kind of smooths out for me because everything that you talked about, Jacqueline, a lot of that I agree with and a lot that I like. So, for instance, removing Justin Long and then focusing on Tess and the mother character, I actually really like that. That is that is very interesting. That is. That is the ending that I want. I think for me, I just come back to, I was looking for a larger question and I was hoping for an art, uh, an opportunity to explore some deeper idea that I thought the movie was playing at. And so again, I wonder what will happen is when I watch it a second time and I go, okay, that's just not what it's trying to do. Mm. It's just not trying to tie these threads together of... You know, Justin Long and how he treats women versus, you know, what happens at the beginning of the film and their misunderstandings and how the interaction between her and Bill Skarsgård is interpreted and how the cops treat her. Sometimes movies can have uh, themes or beats, but not be trying to answer some sort of bigger question Mm -hmm. or have some sort of larger arc. So it'll be curious to see what happens on a second viewing.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure that I see that there. I'm okay. not sure that I see that there is a bigger question that it's trying to answer, um, beyond like, oh, men are horrible to women. Like, I just, I don't happen to see anything like much more terribly complex than that. But I'm, I'm just okay with it because I, I like how the story unfolds, and okay. I, and I like the moments that we get that, like, I can. I can be okay with like just these poignant moments on their own. And I, I, I like the kind of, sorry to keep going back to Justin Long's character, but I really like the false starts that he goes through and the ultimate failure of his arc, because I think that's reflective very much of real life and what we tell ourselves about ourselves. And nobody wants to be a bad guy. You know.
1: Yeah, nobody, mm-hmm.
2: Nobody wants to be a bad guy, but some people are bad guys. Yep. But most of us don't think that we are, even if yeah. objectively we are. And it's easy to tell yourself like, oh, I want to be a better person. But like if we're really being honest, how much of a how many of us actually make ourselves better?
0: Real change like- is hard it's that
2: uncomfortable that's what just to consider to a reality
5: yep. yeah just, justin long actually has this monologue in there while they're talking to the homeless guy and he's just like i've done some terrible things tears are welling up in his eyes and he's like i want to be better i'm going to make this right immediately after that the mother yep. shows up and he's like and he peace out it. bitches i'm heading exactly. up.
3: <laughs> when you can't be a decent person in like normal life it's very hard for me to believe that you're all of a sudden become a decent person in these extreme circumstances yeah. right, where other yeah. people's lives are on the line. And you need to so that's why I someone
0: say, else's life ahead of your own.
3: That's why I say I wouldn't have but I wouldn't have bought that either. you know, so, yeah,
2: yeah. i I wouldn't have bought that. I, I wouldn't have either. but I, and so that's why I do accept the way that it does go because I feel mm-hmm. like that is more reflective of reality and human nature and the things we tell ourselves versus what we're actually willing to do and i mean i think probably most of us do that to some degree i'm not talking about like raping people but right um but i think most of us have things that are kind of douchey about us and like things that we could probably improve to be better people and but like how often do we actually do it and i like for me just as an individual that's a that's an uncomfortable thing to consider
0: I think, yeah, and I think that's a good theme um, for a film and a character and good for their, uh, you know, a characters uh, arc for a narrative. I think, uh, like you said, change is hard uh, and sometimes there's stutter steps. You go forward a little bit, you go backwards. If you're acknowledging that you need to make the change is what matters. As long as you're willing to start down a certain road, it gets harder as we get older too to try and change who we are because we've been that person for so long. Um so especially when I've been camp. there. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, no, man. I mean, I've had to make some changes in the past, like six years of my life that were not easy and I've gone back here and back and forth, but it's hard. Um, but it's rewarding as well. But Justin Long's characters, he's the type of guy who's never going to, he doesn't see fault in himself until the moment where like, he's doing it almost because he has an audience. Right. And it's still about him. Right. Look at me. Um, Oh, I'm a bad person, but I'm going to be better. And now you guys are looking at me like you're sympathetic of me now. Like everybody should be sympathetic. And it's it's false, you know, because when given the chance, the first chance that he has to do it, the right thing, he doesn't even help her up the stairs. Right. Like throwing her off the water tower. Fine. Like that was a fight or flight thing. That's not right either. But like I understand his strategy, at least there. He didn't even no, help remind her me
2: never to be in a life and death situation with you, <laughs> Heidelberg.
0: Like, he <laughs> was like, That moment was like, I don't need to outrun the bear, I just need to outrun you. Yes, and the bear will get you, and I'll be okay.
3: Uh, Leo and I both have someone that we know, uh, that is the type of person that they will feel bad about something that they do, mm-hmm. and then they will tell you with tears in their eyes. And I can see that he is figuring out who this person is. And he is say who with tears in their eyes that he is so sorry. And the minute you accept that it becomes about him. (laughs) And, and so, and so I do think, and I agree with you, Jacqueline, Justin Long plays that very well. And that was something that I did really enjoy Mm. in his performance that like every time he starts to apologize, or he starts to maybe see that he's done something terrible. That the minute somebody becomes a little bit sympathetic, or the little, or the moment that we, he starts, he almost starts to feel good about him feeling bad.
0: Uh huh.
5: Are you still thinking about it, Leo?
0: Do you want to put the person on blast? No. <laughs> no. Does that person suffer from addiction issues? No, is no. that well, person present
2: <laughs> here in this chat? No, no.
0: I just mean sometimes that, <laughs> that same type of like mentality sometimes is like
3: it's it's uh, not like that. I did
0: wrong and blah blah blah. And I'm Leo, just does it
3: is. rhyme with hacklin?
0: <laughs> all right, all right.
3: <laughs> I'm kidding. I, my,
0: <laughs> I'm surprised your joke wasn't about hydroberg. Does it rhyme with dog?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> my my issue with said person and in that.
4: Characters like Justin's Long, Justin Long's character, uh, is in how much work I've done for myself. I'm not trying to make myself sound like a martyr or anything, I'm just a guy. But I come from a very shady background with my family and a lot of personal stuff. And I've worked very hard to overcome all that and be a better person than where I started from. And I know how hard that is, and I know how much work it takes. And even now, with my struggles with mental health and everything, I'm I'm every day challenging myself to be better than I was yesterday. I don't always get there, you know. Yeah. I'm still kind of a shitty person, I'm still more Slytherin than I am Gryffindor, <laughs> you know. Like, still some
0: good people <laughs> in Slytherin, man. Well,
4: yeah, but I mean, that's the thing, you have to accept who you are for, for warts and all, right? I, I know that the, there are parts of me that I don't like about myself, but I still have to accept that that's who I am. And those parts exist. And I just have to be better than those parts. And when people don't, and, and not because of an addiction or not because of an external force that's controlling them, but because of choice, they choose not to be better. They choose not to try. They they, they, they go out of their way to not make the effort or worse as is in the case of this character, they make the effort when it suits their needs. to them, okay. them look better. In Justin Long's character, he can perhaps dig himself out of this hole that is being painted by the rape scenario by presenting I saved this woman's life mm-hmm. to the media, provided he could get her there. But at every opportunity, he keeps making her situation worse to save his own ass. Yeah, And it, it just... Mm-hmm. I find it personally grating these types of characters, these types of personalities. And I know this is all fiction and just a film and all that, but just reflecting on the whole characterization
5: of humanity. That's fair. <laughs> that hit the fields for me, for sure. Yeah.
0: And going down that road is tough. Um, and uh, there's plenty of options or times where you could take the other route and you don't. So that's mm-hmm. commendable that you, yeah.
2: Yeah. So Leo, you find that character grating, but do you find him like is the character acceptable to you? Like we're supposed to find him grating and rather despicable. So like, is that tolerable to you or is it enough that it that it doesn't work in your I think eyes?
4: the problem is I find him a little too relatable. Um, not just in myself, for like I said, I've got my own issues and whatever else, but I've I have known people like this. I grew up in a family with people like this. I, I've been around it for a majority of my life. So uh, I look at him and I go, oh, this asshole. Like, mm-hmm. I, I know this guy. I know this person. And um, I think that's a testament to his acting. I think it's a testament to the writing, that the, the script that they gave him. the the how, who, However many portions of all of this put together that created the character to be what it is to make it somewhat realistic that there are people like this in the world. And he portrayed it very well.
1: Mm.
2: I agree. Well, so that's something that I appreciated about it because I feel like it is real. Like, I feel like that mm-hmm. this is the, the screenwriter telling the truth yeah. about mm-hmm. a certain type of human being.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, um, yeah. but I can understand how, if that hits too close to home, it's like maybe almost too much to take.
4: Well, and even if that is good storytelling, like that's and some of this is getting into my closing thoughts, but uh, it, it's where I get that ambivalence towards the film, because things like this, where it hits that kind of realism. I love that in a movie. I think that really is great storytelling when you can connect with your audience, whether it's on that kind of a personal level or a um, artificial sort of level, just any sort of connection you can make to it, I think brings more to your film than just some fluff piece or what have you, mm-hmm. and I I love the movie for that. I love the moments in the film that are able to make that happen
0: really sell for me. I think it would be tougher if this film was filled with characters all like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. As, if they were and, all
4: this person, then that yeah, would
0: suck. Yeah. In juxtaposition to Tess, it works because she is a very likable character. Mm-hmm. Um, Even Keith was a very likable character. He was. Yeah, absolutely. So um, You know, we were we were we weren't sure at first with his character. But by the by the by the end of his character's arc, we we know what kind of person he was. So I think like, yeah, they do kind of work. Like you said, Jacqueline, like at the very end, we do get like we get that. Justin Long's character and we get Tess at the same time. And they're so different. Um, Tess is willing to go back several times to save someone's life, including Justin Long, who who's uh, what's his character's name again? Fucking AJ. AJ. He's never yeah. actually shown her really much reason to go back for him. You know, and she still does. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like she's smart enough to know what kind of guy he is, and she still has. Um, He shoots her. She forgives him almost for that because he helps her get out, out of there. And then she, you know, he tries to sacrifice her to save himself. And then even then she's not like totally like bitching and moaning at him about it. She's just like she wants to get the fuck out of there. She's sh- in shock from falling off the water tower, and I do like that he gets finally his comeuppance and she gets to walk away. I'm kind of glad that she didn't die or get maimed. Like she's shot, she's hurt, but she'll she'll make it out. We assume, and I don't know. I think it's a fitting ending. And okay. you said, Stephen, the, the film just keeps you on your toes the whole time.
3: Oh, I mean, like, that's that's something I fucking adored about this movie was yeah, that there was there was just a a a reveal after reveal after reveal and didn't feel like like Shyamalan sort of like twists and turns. No, no. It was just a natural evolution from one story about Tess and her job and and this you know guy in her Airbnb to tunnels and a whole nother story underneath that that is something that i greatly admire about this movie it's so rare that i get to just go along for the
2: ride
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah well fellas we are running a little on the long side as i had kind of expected we would but i feel like maybe we should think about wrapping it up and um getting ready for our individual reviews how do you feel yeah, about let's that? let's throw
0: the pamper on this thing and wrap it up <laughs> Put a, <laughs> put a bottle in its mouth. Yeah, let's powder this thing Don't and forget the, the bed. baby powder.
2: No, it's a it's a carcinogenic. Don't do it.
0: Yeah, Hyderberg.
2: Yeah, I am Hyderberg. This was your pick. Let's hear your review.
0: It was uh, so. bros there are some really great performances in this film. Uh, I think Georgina Campbell as Tess is especially noteworthy. I really enjoyed her. Uh, Richard Brake was his creepy self, and I enjoyed that as well. Like. You don't get a lot of them, but man, his fucking scene was like between like the music that they used while he was creeping around and he goes shopping and then just decides to pick up a victim like that was an impulse thing that the victim, you know, he just happened to see somebody who who just like, yep, that's the one right there. And he and he changed his his motive at that moment for what he was doing for the day. Uh, I think that worked. I think um, Justin Long, as we touched, uh, he's. Look, he he's a good actor. I, I do. I kind of want to see more range out of him as an actor. But I think he plays these roles really well. You know, um, he's been in a lot of really good like horror films, too. Like he he has a lot of good moments in films like this. So I do respect that. And his character brings a lot to the film, although my initial first viewing, like when they switched to him, I was sort of it was sort of jarring to me. But I got where they were going after the film. And I started thinking about it like, all right, it was kind of a Hitchcock Hitchcock like nod. Um, and other films uh, have done that as well changed the tone midway and they all br- they brought it all back in the end so I also really like scarsguard uh, for the brief time that we got him I thought I don't know another actor that really could have maybe done that role the way he did uh I thought he brought a lot to it and it's 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 a it's a smaller part in the film but I think it's pretty key too for setting up at the beginning and the plot and the narrative and how it's going to play and how Tess is sort of apprehensive of him And like, what, what does she say yes to? What does she say no to? Which mistakes does she just make? You know, what, what does she give into instinctually? Should, should she just back out of the whole place? Yes. That's the proper answer. But you know, like then we want to have a movie. So, you know, uh, I, I just like the way it played out. And I like the chemistry between him and her. I do love the swerve that the film took by making um, him a sympathetic character. Overall and a nice guy too. Um, I honestly didn't see that coming right away, but like I, I, I kind of see what you guys are saying. Like I thought they might do it maybe, but I wasn't sure because it could have been a double swerve. Where like they obviously think we're going to think that because he's in it, but maybe you know maybe we're going to think that and then they're going to swerve, swerve it on us again, and he really is the bad guy. He's just really good at seeming charming. You know what I mean? So I, I wasn't sure where it was going to go. So when he finally gets killed, I was just like, holy shit! I didn't see that brutal of a kill coming that quickly and then they cut right away from that we don't get any resolve we just get tess's reaction and that's it we, we don't go back for a while to that so it was it was it was definitely in the theaters it was like holy shit i think this film plays with tropes that we're used to and it subverts them in like a fun way that i do appreciate i i do appreciate the whole like sort of Lego like way of it being built. You know what I mean? We'll put a block here. We'll build it up this way and up this way. And that's kind of how the writer wrote it. Um, he, he was surprising himself as he wrote it. He said, as long as he was surprised, then he knew that people watching the movie were going to be surprised. So he didn't have a, a, a an end route in, in mind when he wrote it. And it kind of pays off for the script. I think that's why this movie was spoken about so much when it first came out. It's like a kind of a breath of fresh air in a sense, whether you like it or not. I think you can respect that. I think the gore and just like the disgusting nature of the film works really well for me. Like the, the Keith's head getting smashed in great. The hair covered bottle, disgusting mother's appearance. Super grotesque. Uh, it's, it's nasty. It's a man playing her too. So it's like, yeah, she's so weird looking, but sympathetic too. And there's just so many gross moments down there in, in the dungeon, like between the mattress and like, Richard breaks for him. You just know he's been masturbating down there. It's like disgusting. Like ugh. Uh, the score. Really good. John, don't shake your head at me. You know, it's happening.
5: I just got <laughs> grossed out. I'm I, know, sorry. I know.
0: I know. I just look over <laughs> and I see you shaking your yet. Uh, the score, like John, you, you mentioned it. It was just really good. Uh, there's moments where it's less noticeable, but it's still in the background. And I thought it was really good. I have some cons, though. The character is doing dumb shit just kind of takes me out of the film in moments where I just really wanted to be more because I am along for the ride. And for the most part, I, I, I was able to stay on, you know, on track, but there were moments where I was taken out a little bit here and there, especially my first viewing. I know it's a horror film. I know it's about women noticing red flags around men and, but then her character just does things that like, just kind of, I don't know, like I feel like she's smarter than that. I know she's very nice and she cares and stuff but still like you have your own self to look after you don't know these people i don't know um i I don't know it's like she definitely tess's character is the number one character for me that i like the most um i was a little disappointed by some of her 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 reasoning in the beginning of like why to go down the tunnel but overall like i get it too because you know, your curiosity does get the best of you as well. So she's stuck in it's not like she could just walk away from the dungeon. She was stuck down there. So eventually she was like, all right, I'll fucking check it out. I'll use the mirror trick. That was smart. Like she she did everything smartly. Um, But then she went down there one more time to save Keith, which, you know, we talked about why we understand why she did that. So um, I just felt like in a film that wants us to believe this reality of this world and our heroines resolve to survive, like some of those flaws just took me out a little bit which is an otherwise a great narrative. So I don't know. There was just little dings. I have a lot uh, that I don't like about this film. Like I've mentioned, it seems like a lot, but I think my complaints, they're somewhat valid. I know we've, you know, we've discussed it a little bit further and you guys convinced me uh, to go back on some of them. Uh, but overall, like I still really enjoy this film, even though I mm-hmm. do have a lot of complaints about it. I still respect the craft and the the originality of it all. So with that said, I'm giving 2022's barbarian. I'm gonna give it seven out of ten hairy babas. <laughs> I love that one.
2: All right. Seven out of ten. That's that's one to remember. All right. Um, Leah, would you like to go next? I feel like I we kind of steamrolled you a little bit. Um yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <clears throat> um yeah, you're ready or yeah, we steamrolled you. <laughs> no, you I'm really. Assholes, <laughs> never going on that show. Um,
4: I, I, yeah, I'm still on the ambivalent part of the film. There's uh, Tess barely gets out alive, but still wants to go back inside. A lot of the same points you guys had talked before. She goes in for AJ. She only just met him. Uh, I, I think it was Jacqueline who said she ends up learning to put herself first by the end of the film, which is her arc, which is good because she gets into a lot of trouble by putting other people first for the majority of the movie. Uh, Meanwhile, AJ is a total creep. Who's just trying to look like a better person in the public eye more than be a better person. Um, I find that when he's disgusted by Frank's videos in the basement, intriguing because to me it's clear he's looking into a mirror of his own future at that moment and his arc ends not by having a redemption per se but just by becoming that person and i thought that was a bold choice for the film as well all of that to say there's some really amazing and great ideas presented in this movie but in a lot of ways they're ideas that were also done before I think a little more successfully in other films, such as the descent or Cloverfield lane where I don't know. There's there's a lot to enjoy with this movie and and many wonderful conversations to be had around the ideas that it presents uh, to those of us watching, but I still feel like there's a lot of it that just didn't hit for me and it didn't allow me to love it the way everyone else seems to love it. Um. It does, however, uh, make me really reconsider the entire Airbnb thing because <laughs> uh, that's going to be a challenge for me going forward. But I don't know. I I have to I have to stay in the middle of the road on this one. If uh, only just leaning slightly more towards enjoying it, so I give it five out of five. Uh, disgusting baby bottles. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Leo says five. All right. Steven, how about you?
3: So, you know, it was going to be, I knew it was going to be a challenge, you know, coming on here and reviewing this movie because it doesn't have any of the things that I, I know how to review so well. There's no claymation in this movie. There's no uh, <laughs> skeletons on wires. Uh, nobody with a big, big rock and roll hair, you know, no. <laughs> No No chickens coming out of boobs, nothing, you know, no javelins, no nothing. So this is really not in my wheelhouse. No, uh, all all joking aside.
0: Yeah, you accepted Um, the challenge.
3: I I did accept the challenge. Yes. (laughs) Um, There's a lot to love in this movie. Um, It's a beautiful little puzzle box and you and I had a lot of fun opening it. And I'm very excited to watch it another time and see what happens when I already know where it's going and what little breadcrumbs or little themes or ideas I find now that the, the, that part is done, now that the surprise is over. There's a lot to enjoy when you're going on that journey. I think there's some great writing, especially in the first 30 minutes, um, really clever dialogue um, where you're bouncing back and forth between these two characters, not really knowing what's going on some beautiful visuals in this movie. This is just a really striking movie. I really deeply respond to good cinematography in a film. That's uh, the visuals are very important to me. And as I said before, there's just these great shots of like Tess entering a space and the camera moving with her that I really enjoy. And a lot of stuff with the tunnels and where they put the camera in the tunnels to really elongate that space and so that you don't really understand how big this space is underneath the house you don't understand where it goes you don't understand how the the mother character can get from one side of it to another there's obviously it looks like a line but there's got to be a loop somewhere um and i loved that i found that all like really interesting to look at and really visually exciting also like uh said i thought the mother character looked great Um, she looked like the people won't like this comparison, but she looked like the Blair witch in the new Blair witch movie. Um, but I liked that movie, so I don't care, but that was, uh, I I thought that looked really great. I thought that was really striking. And there is something that comes together for me in this movie about, you know, the monster. And like I said before, like when the monster is just as much of a victim as, as anybody else that they're hurting or they're, they're killing, they just simply don't know any better um yeah i have to echo uh leo i don't know about airbnbs after this not because i'm afraid of them more because i'll be disappointed if they don't have tunnels (laughs) underneath um or or baby bottles this Um, basement
2: just ends fuck
0: (laughs) one star what do you mean there's no basement.
2: um don't don't have an airbnb in florida then because we ain't got no basements maybe
0: a creepy attic maybe
3: maybe um You know, As far as poor character decisions, I don't know. These just don't bother me. I find that the characters getting down into the basement works just fine for me, and I feel like they even do a couple of good humorous moments to kind of cover over the awkward spots. I thought it was funny that she immediately did not want to go downstairs and then kind of felt like she had no other option because she was locked in there and she was just kind of curious. I liked the flip of Justin Long's character getting excited about the square footage. I thought that was funny. Made me laugh. So I don't know. There's there's a lot that I like about this movie and way more that I like than I don't. I think I liked that first hour and 15 minutes so much that I just got overexcited as to where I thought it was going to go, that it was going to take me somewhere new. And it didn't. It didn't take me anywhere new. I've seen movies where the douchey guy ends up being a douchey guy. I've seen movies where the 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 hunter and the hunted kind of connect and find some sort of common ground or some sort of relationship. Doesn't necessarily mean the movie did the badly. I've just seen it. And for a movie that had surprised me so much, that took away from that took away from the film for me a bit. Maybe that won't happen on a second try. But I'm very proud to announce that something happened that I've seen on your show before that I'm, I'm excited that I get to say, which is that my original rating for this would have been a 7.5. However, the discussion changed my opinion positively and it kind of smoothed over some cracks in the movie, specifically with the police officers that, uh, that I've upped it to an eight out of ten, Harry Bubba's, I believe, is what you said. <laughs> so I've, I, I got to get that right, Harry okay. Bubba's. Okay.
0: I was actually at a seven point five originally. Yeah. Oh, and you
2: went down, Hydroverse.
3: a little bit. Hmm. Yeah. No, it, it brought it up for me. Uh, uh, some of the ways that you interpreted things, Jacqueline, they they kind of uh, they they made sense to me when I sort of saw them. You know. Oh, yo, what was yours? Mine was an eight.
5: I'm giving it Leos? 8. Mine was five. five. Okay. Yep.
2: John, what say you?
5: Actually, I'm going to pass it to ladies first because mine's oh. going to be really
0: quick. Oh, okay. The ladies uh, are used to that, John, so don't worry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Damn.
5: That's what she said.
0: Well, it's
2: said very chivalrous. <laughs> so let her go first. Make sure she gets hers. Yep. Um, I, I have to say that watching this movie for the podcast for the second time made me like it better. the first time i felt like the first time i watched it i knew i liked it and i left the theater feeling excited about what i had just seen but i felt i felt like there was a lot going on and several kind of different aspects to the story that um, i I i think it felt a little scattered to me the first time around and i needed some time to process it and try to make some sense of it um and the second the second upon the second viewing i i do feel like it was more cohesive or it felt more cohesive to me um there are several elements going on in the film but i i like how they fit together uh even if it does feel a little lumpy at times i think one complaint that i have about the movie and i i know you guys are going to disagree with me but i actually don't love the appearance of the mother
1: mm.
2: when i first saw her um in the when i was in the theater in the fall it it felt so extreme that it felt like it was venturing into a like the territory of a supernatural horror film mm. And I couldn't quite put my finger on it this time around. I, I was able to put a finer point on it. When you see the mother character, it, re- it actually reminds me very much of the grown up Samara in the ring when she comes out of the TV set when she's played by a man. You guys remember that? Um, and so maybe maybe it's just that particular association, but it it makes me feel like the film is leading me into not. Not necessarily a totally supernatural territory, but an area that is beyond my ability to suspend my disbelief. And I think the strongest parts of this movie, and the parts that make them really tense for me, are the parts that feel like that 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 feel the most believable. So I think I think most of us felt like, well, maybe not. I felt like there was a lot of tension in those first forty-five minutes, and I found it very suspenseful and scary. I think there's something in my personality. I think I'm kind of an overly trusting person. I think sometimes I'm a little overly optimistic, maybe sometimes a little gullible. But, and so I think maybe sometimes that's the reason so much horror works for me is that I'm always hoping that, like, it's not going to, like, this person is not going to be the bad guy. Or I, like, I don't always see things coming. Like, I like to be surprised. Leo, you were talking about how. Oh, I, I could tell that this was how it was gonna play out. And Stephen, you said, uh-huh. oh, I felt like this was really telegraphed. I don't always get that. <laughs> and, uh, maybe maybe I'm a little naive, even after having watched like hundreds of horror movies, but I think there's just something in my nature that just does that. Um, and I kind of lost the point I was trying to make, but so I so for me, I, I got it back now those first 45 minutes are super tense because I, for whatever reason, did not feel the truth being telegraphed. And I really was on that edge of tension. Like, is he, isn't he, what's going to happen? And so that part is the most effective part for me because it feels like something that could happen. I feel like I could check into an Airbnb next week and this situation could arise. And my instincts as a woman are, are up and, you know my my sense of danger is increased and that's really terrifying when we get down into the tunnels and we first encounter the creature it's 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 almost more than i can tolerate in terms of believability it kind of ruins some of that real life tension that i feel um Especially because, being my nerdy self, I did the math and was like trying to figure out how many generations of inbred this this woman was. I love that
0: about you that you did (laughs) inbred math to figure it out for this show. I
2: I really wanted to know. I was like, how many iterations of this like bloodline are there? And I agree with Leo. I would expect to see this level of monstrosity arise after seven or eight generations, you know, like how, how mutated can we make the human form um, through this like terrible inbreeding process? And I just don't feel like this. I mean, I'm not a geneticist, but I kind of feel like
0: perhaps blue ribbon into your equation. I'm just curious. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No,
2: I did not. But so I just, I don't know. It just doesn't seem right to me. I I mean, I'm I'm a lay person. I'm not a geneticist but it just doesn't seem like that would really happen and like the superhuman strength and the aggression i would think of like um you know generations of inbreeding as providing as producing like a less potent version of a human uh but this seemed to like be this augmented version of a human and that seemed kind of like an opposite of what I would expect so I, I'm not an expert on inbreeding so maybe I'm totally wrong maybe this can happen after two generations <laughs> maybe you get like superhuman strength if you inbreed you know twice you know, over I don't know bones. maybe so I don't know but the, to me the design of the character like the, the, the aesthetic design of the character and the degree of like mutation in this character seemed too far-fetched for me um I hear all the concerns that you, that you guys brought up and things that took you out of it and things that didn't work for you, um, and so maybe it seems kind of like simplistic to say, "Oh, my biggest complaint is the character design on this like central aspect of the story." But that's what it was for me. No,
1: that's
2: um, everything else really works because it is so real to me. You know, the Justin Long character—it feels like the story, like a storyteller telling the truth, which is not always pretty. And uh, I, so, with Justin Long's character. I Again, maybe this is me always wanting to see the best in people and being overly optimistic, but I believe that he means it in those moments where he says, like, maybe I'm just a shitty person, like, but maybe I can fix this. I believe in that moment that he's sincere, but I also believe that that just goes completely out the window when he's faced with having to take action or having to do something and, like, to make any effort at all to like it's really easy to recognize a flaw in yourself but there's a deep chasm I think between that recognition and the work like Leo you very poignantly talked about the extreme level of work it is to actually improve yourself and work past things that hold you back um, and to make yourself a better person to overcome things that's a deep chasm between recognition and work and he has no ability to do that whatsoever. And so that rings very true to me because I think that's very human. I think that's one of the uglier sides of human nature. So for me, that works. Um, but Somebody was talking about that extreme shift in the middle of the movie and tone. Um, Hyderberg, that was you saying that yeah. it, it kind of took you out of it. I felt relief when that change in tone happened. I felt like I needed that in that moment because what happened to keith underground and and i'm trying to say becca tess, tess yeah <laughs> tess witnessing it and then it just cutting off in that moment was was very intense and so i actually welcomed that that shift in tone and i think that the backstory of justin long and the time that we spend with him and learn of his situation i think it provides a really good explanation for why he has to come back to that house and why the whole second half passed to unfold. So I, I actually really like almost all of the storytelling in this movie. I just, for me, there are aspects of that mother character that don't work and I wish it had sort of been done differently. For all that, I think it's a creative, scary, beautiful, interesting, memorable, maybe most importantly of all, memorable film. And I give it um, nine out of ten, Harry Babas. Ooh. So, That's
0: one Harry Baba.
2: I know, almost full strength. John, how <laughs> about you?
5: Uh, everything you guys said, including Leo, is is spot on. I mean, the sound design, the the <clears throat> the soundtrack was fantastic. And Hyderberg, I'm with Jacqueline on this. I think the transition from from the test story to the Um, just a long story was, was actually a really nice transition. I love like the difference of, it was really dilapidated, uh, when you saw it in the day, but you went to the, you're on the Pacific coast highway and you're watching him drive and he's got a bright red car and it's a beautiful day. And when he gets the bad news, it kind of dims down. And I, I I thought that, I thought the color and the, the, the way that was shot was really well done. Um, man, I just had so much fun with this movie. I did not like the timeline of what happened to the mother character. It, it just, it didn't make any sense to me. The idea of it made an interesting movie. It it brought a lot of realism to this movie. Um, you know, the, the fear from women of uh, of guys that you don't know. I mean, you've obviously got to be cautious with them. And in the way he was being overly, overly nice, I, I get it now. You know, I... It was a little knock when I first started when we first started talking about it. But actually, it's fine. I mean, there are there are chivalrous men in this world that that will act like that to really assure, hey, I'm not a creep. Um, The Justin Long character. I mean, my goodness, if you're not talking about uh, especially men in power uh, of trying to do everything they can to bury something that's going to bury them. You know, th- that's real life. You know, a lot of realism to this. Um, the one thing I didn't like, that, well, well th- I liked it, but I didn't, was I liked the claustrophobia of downstairs in the basement. I like that, but they they opened up the world a little too much. And it just, it, you kind of lost it a little bit. There was a really, really good scene uh, where the mother's coming towards uh, uh, AJ, and he's getting ready to go into the fr- in Frank's room, but the, yeah. the the mother just kind of backed off as if she was afraid. Yeah. And I picked up right. on that, and that was great. I I kind of loved that, but it didn't. They didn't play into that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just a, the the world got a little too big in this film, and I, it kind of bothered me a little bit. But um, man, I just had so much fun, and I'm I, I, I'm glad you picked it. So I'm going to give this also a eight out of ten. Harry Babas.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm, if if I'm happy with that rating system at all, is just that I get to hear all you guys say the word Harry Baba.
5: <laughs> Flip that <laughs> up for one hundred.
2: <laughs> at least it wasn't boobies. No, so wasn't, thank you.
0: Audacious Tatas. Harry boobies.
2: Audacious <laughs> I'm surprised they they weren't as hairy as you would don't.
0: expect them to be. I'll be honest.
3: I only have seen it once, so I haven't gotten to that level. of <laughs> <But it's> that <laughs>
0: moment right. where you get the close-up with Jeremy Long, where he's got his like for third it, or
5: fourth
4: so. viewing before he really zooms in on the breasts.
5: Yeah. Pause, <laughs> pause, pause, pause,
3: pause. Yeah, once, once we cover this on our show, that's when we get into those
2: idiosyncratic <laughs> <Yeah>. details. <laughs> that's the level of detail we can expect from you guys and your observational yep. powers. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, as I mentioned, we are running a little long, but um, would you guys like a little smattering of trivia?
1: Absolutely. Okay. A couple of sprinkles.
2: I'll try to make it quick. Uh, Heideberg already alluded to this, uh, but I think it's interesting to know that the script started out after Zach Kreger read the Gavin De Becker's book The Gift of Fear, which encourages women to trust their intuition when confronted by obviously dangerous men. He used it as a writing exercise and began crafting a 30-minute short, which I would love to see, that consisted entirely of a conversation in which a woman continues to ignore a mounting series of red flags. He liked it well enough that he knew he had the makings of a longer film and began conceptualizing a broader story for the characters. So I thought that was interesting. Definitely. The role of AJ was offered originally to Zac Efron, who turned uh-huh. it down and went to Justin Long. I, I like I like Justin Long as the choice for this.
0: Yeah, Yeah, they were going to go with like a hunkier version.
2: Yeah, Uh, let's see. Not that important, not that important, not that important. I'm just trying to pick the best ones. Oh, I thought this was kind of an interesting characterization of it. Zach Kreger described the eventual duality of the film's visual presentation as a Fincher movie on the top floor and a Raimi movie under the house.
0: Yeah, he did say that. And that that makes a lot of sense, actually. For yeah, I dig that. tone, thematically. I like that a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you think it's odd that they chose a man to play the female monster? No. I actually think
4: it's a smart move. Uh, Men and women, their body language is different. They move different. Yeah, And if you have a costume on like an old witch or a hag or something like that, but a man's doing it, there's something disturbing about that because our mind sees one thing, but is
0: being presented with another. And it makes it that much creepier. And you
2: have a Leo, woman. I couldn't agree
0: more. She's a woman. She's a woman, but she's never been up on the surface. She's never been affected by anything society has told her a woman should act or how she should walk or whatever. Like, so like none of that's there either. Well, she, the video, the, the video, yeah. Breastfeeding, yeah. A motherhood and stuff. But, and then she also, she's so tall. She has to like bend down all the time too. Mm-hmm, so it mm-hmm. affects like her, her walk and her hunch. No, that no, isn't that's- Thanks. Leo, that's
2: similar to the kind of disconnect, which ends up being very effective that I feel with um, John Franklin's acting in Children of the Corn as Isaac. Because he was actually an adult yes. and had this ability mm-hmm. to deliver lines with this yeah. eerie adultness, but he looks like a child. So it's kind of that similar cognitive dissonance, I guess.
0: Nice callback to the Cornucopia collaboration that we did, with was a mm-hmm. horror and give me back my horror movies. Yeah. <laughs>
2: And uh, finally, I thought you guys would probably be interested in this uh, like I was. The film special effects are largely done practically as Kreger has had a soft rule for himself not to use any technology that John Carpenter didn't have while making The Thing.
0: I respect that and it it shows. Which was also
2: 40 years ago. So it's kind of like the same time as that flashback. So I feel like there's like a little connect the dots there. The biggest, I I was so surprised by this, the biggest digital effects shot in the film is the grass in the 1980s flashback?
1: Mm. Because all, all onset
2: on set efforts to grow it or fake it failed, so they had to oh, use wow. CGI to make the grass. Wow. <laughs> interesting.
0: Wow. Surprised they didn't use sod. I guess CGI was cheaper than bringing in sod guys. I guess. Or sod just wouldn't last long enough.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I
4: add a trivia that I think is very interesting in preparation for this.
2: Yes, please.
4: Uh. When AJ is driving along in his convertible, he's singing a song called "Ricky, Tiki tavi by Donovan. Oh, mm-hmm. I know where you're going. That's a song that is all about standing up for yourself and facing problems that seem unsurmountable, which is a certain amount of irony to this film that I love.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I gotta love
4: that.
0: Nice. A yeah. bit, bit of trivia there. I also That's feel like that, that neighborhood... When we see the flashback of it, there's like a dreamlike state to it where it doesn't look like a real neighborhood. That's that's and I don't feel like I'm not. I'm not saying it looks like a set either. It just looks like if you closed your eyes right now and envisioned Americana and like the type of neighborhood you're supposed to see, that's sort of what you're gonna get. Right, like the streets seem a little smaller than they should.
4: The way they filmed him when he was walking around as well, it was the the certain camera angle and this yeah. Gaussian type blur on the either side is very
5: dreamlike. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Very much. But then it like, like shit got real when he walked into his house. It was like kind of all the, it was Mm -hmm. messy.
0: And you hear that faint screaming. You see the, the, there's smears of shit on the, on the walls that look like handprints. Yeah. Yeah.
5: I look, yeah. That's what I loved about the movie too.
2: Yeah. Well, guys, this has been a really, really fun discussion. I kind of knew it was going to be one that, opened up a lot of you know doors and avenues of conversation but uh there's nobody i would have rather shared this discussion with thank you guys so much for doing this with us
3: it was fun to talk about
2: like a normal
1: movie (laughs) (laughs) well
3: when you're ready we've got lots of shit that we would happily bring on
0: well you have a show maybe we can come on your show and we can talk about it
2: Ooh, We're working that oh, way out. to Eventually. invite yourself! That's not good manners, Hydrobert. Yeah,
0: oh, I, I'm not about good manners. <laughs> yeah, <if laughs> you can uh, find your way up to
3: the living room where we record, since we haven't figured <laughs> out how to do this remotely yet.
0: I'll come over. <laughs> That'd be you great. You guys
2: don't live that far away from each other.
0: You don't. Yeah. I'll surprise you. I might knock at your house and say that I have reservations. <laughs> <laughs> the, the
5: invitation is extended. We'll mm-hmm. have the
0: Harry Baba ready to go. That's yeah, right. We, I have that Harry Baba. I'll, I need at least uh, two before I go to bed.
3: I would love for somebody to see the behind the scenes of the spoils of horror, of horror recording because it is very weird.
0: You'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah, I've seen what Al Bundy looks like sitting on the couch. I know <laughs> <it>. <laughs>
2: you're not wrong. <laughs> you guys should do like a behind the scenes. Video, Are there snacks? Uh, like YouTube series? Maybe if we'll
0: we do that
3: for our, uh, our anniversary episode. Maybe I picture we'll do, Steven like,
0: coming out with like a tray of snacks cheese <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> That's
3: Cheez-its. not I. So I'm obsessive about when I eat. Uh, you can ask Leo about this. <laughs> it will he's like
0: use a napkin.
3: No, he's <laughs> like <laughs> a
4: toddler. It has to be at certain times of the day, or he gets cranky. Uh, I
3: have I have like certain times that I eat. So like if we're Snickers, we usually record from like eleven to four because we do two episodes back to back, and and we work at at night, so daytimes are better for us. So we'll do like eleven to four, and uh. And at noon, I'm like lunchtime. Like,
0: <laughs> I've always been curious about your recording and how yeah. how, how your shows put together. To be honest, yeah.
2: it's, oh, as oh, a fan, I want to see the. behind I think that's the
0: awesome scenes. too that you do back to back. I admire that.
2: I didn't yeah. know that you guys did that. Yeah, we do
3: every two weeks. Yeah. <laughs>
2: okay. All right. So.
0: Yeah, there oh, on the traded secrets.
3: Well done. I uh, right, maybe we will for the anniversary episode.
2: I I definitely think you should. Like not even as a fellow podcaster, but just as a fan of your show. I I want that
0: content. Snapshot of just you guys on the couch. Yeah. (laughs) Dressed in flannel and a and a sweatshirt.
1: All right.
2: Thank you
0: for Stephen, anyway. Yes.
2: (laughs) Well, it's been great. And naked for the
0: OnlyFans, obviously. Yeah, obviously
2: um all right well anybody out there who hasn't checked out spoils of horror please do so immediately it's just a top-notch amazing podcast if if you enjoy horror you need to be listening to spoils of horror we've preached it again and again on the show so um if you haven't listened to us yet follow our advice now and take a listen uh hydraberg and john we'll be back next week to talk about john's pick evil dead rise You guys ready for this?
5: Ready for it. I'm ready for it.
2: All right. Um, Yeah, so that's a new one in theaters. Not streaming anywhere, but it'll... What does it come out this Thursday?
0: Yeah, Yeah. you can see it as, as probably up to Thursday. It's like the soonest you can see it. Maybe Wednesday in some theaters.
2: Yeah. All right. So just this upcoming weekend, brand new. It's not something we do too often, but this is the week for it. So Evil Dead Rise, John's pick, get thee to a theater and catch that movie. In the meantime, if you want to share your thoughts about *Barbarian* with us, and or just argue with something that we said or that Stephen and Leo said, let us know. You can email us at a cut above horror review at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at cut above horror.
0: You can follow us on Instagram at a cut above one word dot horror underscore review. Become our friend on Facebook,
5: a Cut Above colon Horror Review. Also huge shout out to Steven and Leo thank you guys so much for coming on you can find them wherever you get your podcast spoils of horror make sure you give them the five star ratings give us the five star ratings on spotify and itunes and uh thank you guys for coming on and we appreciate you
0: also very quickly guys i just want to give everybody a little a heads up so we have six more episodes till our 100th episode so if anybody would like to send us an audio or a written message at all that would be very cool And if you want to send it, send it to our email that Jacqueline just mentioned previously.
2: Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, guys, uh, thanks so much for joining us on the show. You're some of our best friends, and it's always a pleasure.
1: Thank
3: you for having us.
2: All right. HydroBird, John, see you back here next week talking about Evil Dead Rise.
0: And keep it, Bubby, (laughs) Bubby.